Welcome to the Ether. Today is Sunday, August 14th, 2022. Today on the Ether, part one of the two part Cosmos Potluck Open Mic, hosted by Cosmos Haas. Let's take a listen. Today's just going to be an open mic. I, didn't, I don't really have any teams. I think there may be a couple teams that may stop by, but not, nothing for certain. It's just more just open dialect and some bullshit and see how everyone's doing. Whatever they want to talk about, it's open mic. So. Happy Sunday, everyone. Just kind of doing my thing today. I didn't do a show last week just due to traveling, so kind of just chilling out recently, trying to cut back a little bit, enjoy some weather, a little relaxation. But in good news, the the, the market's been doing pretty good, and uh, all I can ask for is that for the least go sideways, you know, because our APR rewards mistaken help out and mitigate any losses and you know i'm not even going to be greedy i mean if it pumps it pumps but i just want to at least go sideways no more no more road for downward action that's all i prefer although i take the long approach if anyone knows man i'm I'm in this for years so i'm not really too concerned in general right now i'm just trying to build meet more people meet new teams learn more educate more learn more things learn uh from my mistakes during the last kind of run Good, eat if you want to chat. Hi, could you hear me? Yeah, man, loud and clear. Yeah, sorry, it just uh, takes a lag maybe on my side. No, it's just I think uh, today, obviously, topic of the day is 1 billion AUSD and uh, um, the erroneous uh, print uh, of AUSD. And then it's quite amazing. Like you, you see the chain halted and you see the the wallet stopped from moving any front anywhere. So. Um, I think what I would like to discuss is the pros and cons of uh, maybe there was a governance council who, who took the unilateral decision to just stop that wallet from moving funds. So I think that's a fantastic example of, of centralization with good intention. And how does this compare to Cosmos, for example? Like, had this happened? Well, if it can happen on Cosmos. Yeah, so those things. All right, so I'm not going to lie. Enlighten me on, on all the details of what happened. Uh, you don't know Cosmos sauce? I mean, I briefly heard about it, but I'm, I've been kind of like removed myself for the last few days. So, right, know, okay. So, so, what happened? Take a day off, so. Yeah. So, so, basically, it was the IDTC AUSD pool. And uh, basically, when you have that LP, you, you get AUSD uh, minting rewards. So, there was a code in the bug that resulted in excessive minting of AUSD, which was then transferred to all the wallets that had IBTC and. Uh, uh, I think it was a Kala pair. I don't know what, what, what other pair it was, but one guy literally printed 1 billion AUSD. That resulted in loss of pack of AUSD. Um, and yeah, it's it's basically a Dokon moment for AUSD. 
uh, it, it was 0 0.0009 and someone who is actually uh, invested in it, uh, I'm pretty thankful for that to be uh, sanctioned and everything halted. All the assets are on chain. So I think they will be able to recover, but but the, there is more philosophical, uh, democratic question here is basically few people were able to make decision to stop that wallet um, from doing whatever it wants, uh, which is a good thing for me uh, as an investor. But philosophically, is it a good thing? Like, uh, can the governance be off chain, and how does it compare to let's say Cosmos? Um, and and if, if something like this happens here, uh, it, it's it's an interesting uh, conundrum we have uh, in DeFi at the moment. Um, hope I summarized that good enough. Naida, was that what the curve one you're talking about? No, the curve one was before. And <laughs> funny, funny you mentioned it because curve was massively helped by Binance. Uh, basically, the, the the guy was an idiot. He was transferring. Yeah, Stop. people, it's crazy. There's some of the, I'm sorry, I didn't cut you off. Some of the people that do these things that, like, I don't, I'm not trying to give tips or hints of how to be nefarious, but they're just not, they're not, you know, it's like someone that has, like, I don't know, I don't even want to say because I don't want to get banned, but someone that has some nefarious things in their vehicle or doing some nefarious activities, you know, they run a red light or go through a stop sign, you know, and they get pulled <laughs> over. But it's almost like the same premise. It's like, you know, how can you be so smart but stupid at the same time, you know? And uh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that is a systematic disease of uh, all the thieves and scammers anyway. Um, but so, so the, the funny you mentioned uh, Curve because what happened was actually Binance again stepped in. CZ tweeted uh, early morning uh, that they have identified the issue and they're helping Akala. And I think Binance, for all centralized exchanges, I would say they are doing so much for crypto. It's just unbelievable and absolute massive admirer of uh, CZ and Binance. And actually, this this might sound quite revolting to the community, but I feel safer doing DeFi on Binance than many of these protocols uh, been burnt badly by Luna USD, uh, been burnt badly by Bad USD. With, with no match, that was I had LP on uh, Beamswap, and yeah, it it, it basically yeah. Went, went I, mean, I, get, I get where you're going with that, but I mean to be honest with you, I'm not. I do own Binance. So full disclosure, like I hope Binance goes to you know a thousand, two thousand. I'm just gonna say that right now. However, it's so centralized. Like I mean, they have the smallest validator set. Uh, CZ and a couple other people own literally most of the of the BNB stack, so that I mean that makes me terrified too because you know they can sell, they can do whatever they want, and and you know when when eighteen twenty years like th that's too centralized for me. Like they could do whatever they want. And, yeah, uh, Cosmos. Yeah, but you can say probably the same with. Like recent events in uh, Cosmos. Yeah, but you're bringing you're bringing up Luna and UST that had nothing to do with the technology or anyone. That's basically it was just the philosophical difference. And what Do Kwan did was risky. And yeah, don't get me wrong, but it had nothing to do with, with decentralization or centralization. It was just a bad move. Like he spray got spread too thin, and that's why. As an investor, you get to choose what you want to do. Like you don't have to invest in USD. Like don't. No, I'm, I'm not blaming the code. I'm, I think the code worked. Uh, Cosmos sauce. Uh, I think it, it. There was no issues. 
all the uh, DAXs worked, all the the code worked. Uh, it's just it's just a matter of who you choose, decentralized exchange versus centralized exchange to do DeFi. I, I haven't arrived at a decision yet. Like I'm doing a little bit on, on, on centralized. I'm not doing massive. But these hacks have actually just made me think. Uh, what I'm listening on Twitter, the, the echo chamber sometimes, and then when I notice on Cosmos, for example, uh, it's not one identity, one vote. It's one token, one vote. And if you have too many tokens, you can vote whatever the way you want, you know. For example, uh, recent discussions, again, I don't know if you're aware, but recent discussions about uh, yes uh, and then no with veto versus just no itself. No versus veto is, is but then there were people, validators, who were trying to get incentives on Osmos and uh, osmosis. And, and yeah, I just feel that until we implement one identity one vote like Vitalik was suggesting. I think it's it's, it's kind of BS, uh, this whole concept of decentralization, because still, you have more money, you have more tokens, you get more vote. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm too, too... No, 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 you're fine. I mean, I get it. Yeah, I try to see it from both perspectives. I mean, <clears throat> I don't know. It might come off as a wrong view, too, but that someone that's investing $10 shouldn't have as much much say as someone that's in 100000 either. That's just the value of it. That, that just, it's always going to be that way and i don't i don't want to i mean I, I, as much as i love decentralization and cosmos i mean i don't really want to live in a world where someone that's investing ten dollars can stir up more uh can have more say than someone that's investing a lot now don't get me wrong um no there's no right or wrong answers here yeah. Cosmos. i'm just debating this philosophical I, I absolutely get the other point as well you know but what is that? Is it ten dollars versus hundred? Is it ten dollars versus hundred? Is it ten dollars versus one million? What is it? Yeah, I know. I get you. I I definitely get that perspective. It's like a fine line. It's like at real life too. You know, it's like you you can vote. Everyone technically has the same say, but really you don't. Even in real life, you know, depending on what country you're in, you know, someone that's worth a lot of a, a lot of money. Can have definitely persuasive points like okay well if you do this um you know we'll get this going for you you know you scratch my back i scratch your and yeah i'm not gonna that happens with validators that happens in this in this eco but the the, the positive about cosmos is well the, the the if you check the proof change like the governance and how active the voting is and how many different proposals are going on like cosmos is far far ahead of everyone else it's not even close and then also you know there are people out there that are actively working on like provisions and, and kind of like a <clears throat> excuse me they're like a like a uh, don't get me wrong i'm like brain dead right now but just basically like a governance proposal like templates for people and and just we're working on it so it's not it's not a finished product i mean you have to remember most of the chains in cosmos are not even a year old so like this is yeah, all this so is all new, in, so. let's agree to disagree cosmos sauce cause i th i don't think cosmos is ahead i'll give you an example of Polkadot. Uh, and again i am an investor only thing for me is how to uh, make myself financially independent. So I'm not a maxi of anything. <laughs> so please hear me. So Polkadot, uh, they, you have to lock tokens to certain amount of time. 
and that dictates how many votes you get. I think that is a far, far superior model than what uh, Cosmos has. I'm new to Cosmos. Don't give me hate. Yeah, but you're but, but but you saying that point of view. You were just talking about how it's fair. How is it fair that someone has has more votes if you have a hundred thousand dollars? You're completely contradicting yourself because as a builder, as a small team, as a, you you have to basically it's one you have to have. I, I call it gatekeepers and also rent seekers. Like you don't need to rent anything in Cosmos. It's open source. You can build your own chain uh, if you want to have that optionality that parachains have. You're going to be able to have that soon when interchange security comes with with that with basically the Cosmos hub, like. I get what you're saying about that, but it's so contradictory because no, no, uh, it kind of goes against reason. the it it goes against the whole philosophy. In my opinion, it goes against the whole philosophy of decentralization uh, in cryptos when you have to buy a token and ask for, and knock on the door and have a landlord say, "Hey, can I can I cut my can I mow my own grass or can I do this?" Like I don't like that. Like Cosmos. If I was a good coder, I could just use the open source, build my own blockchain, set my own rules, my own parameters, my own validator sets. I, I can I can I, IBC enable if I want to, if I don't want to, um, you know, like it's it gives more flexibility. I like I just yeah, I like what dot, dot tries to do. But for a small team, it makes no sense to use Polkadot whatsoever. Like you, it just makes no sense. It's too costly. It's too expensive. Yeah, I'm deliberately trying to bring those arguments. I'm not contradicting myself. I'm just saying these are the options. And I'm just saying, let's discuss what is the best. You may say Cosmos is the best. Uh, someone else might say uh, Dot System is best. What I'm trying to, um, I think, spur some discussion, I'm going to shut up after this, is and because I want to let other people speak, is is I think uh, these models of government, uh, governance, cons and they especially with a small group of people uh, taking the decision to halt Akala, taking a decision to stop the wallet. There is some, some concerns in terms of governance. And yeah, I, I'm just trying to uh, start a discussion, Cosmosource. Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I get that point too of, of being able to halt. It, it, it always scares me. Cause I'm almost like the, like my personality is like, I don't want, I mean, I don't want to say I don't want government, but I want less government and I don't want more, more government spending. I don't like, I don't want more of that. So I kind of use that same mantra in crypto. I, I look at it like we're in the wild, wild west and we're explorers and there's going to be bad stuff that happens. Just like when people came over to America and they wanted to go out West, like there was bandits, they got bit by rattlesnakes, they drank bad water but in order for them to get out to, to their destination they had to go through all these these uh trials and tribulations and i almost look like cosmos is, is the way of doing it it's it's like open source um there's gonna be you know sometimes there's bad things that are gonna happen but i think in order for innovation to to be truly where it's at and um i think it's the route to take now with governance i mean yeah it's gonna improve i mean look how all the world governments and voting systems, they've been going around for hundreds and thousands of years and um, it's still not even anywhere near perfect. So I don't know if you can ever create a model that is always going to be perfect. It's, it's pretty much impossible. But I do think that um, since I've been, you know, really Cosmos has been active for a, about over a year now, since basically Osmosis launched is when 
everyone started to get super active in governance. There's all these different chains that have their own different votes all the time and proposals. So it is a work in progress. I mean, I do agree there needs to be a lot of work. And, and um, you know, there are people working on like constitutions, like you need to have this minimum threshold. And there's all kind of different nuances that are coming along. It's not like people aren't working on it. So I would like pause that thought for another year from now to see exactly where that's going to take. I can guarantee you a year from now, like the whole governance models are going to be completely different. Um, the things like that. I mean, we've already kind of had halts before. Um, the smart contract got, um, I, what I want to say, was was kind of hacked in um, osmosis, and they were able to stop that down, just shut the chain down. Um, they hold there was a government governance proposal to help people that were in UST polls so they didn't lose everything. And they also <clears throat> had to shut down the relayer from Terra to Osmosis because they didn't want everyone to just come in here and essentially just dump their UST when it was worth basically nothing. You know, like they didn't want everyone just to come in, just dump all their UST, which would essentially just drain every pool in in uh in osmosis. So I mean there has been times where the chain had to get utilized uh in juno there was a proposal because they felt like there was a gaming gamification with the airdrop for juno so they they did uh you know they stopped that too and changed that so like there are ways of of people being able to vote and yeah i would still say there there need it needs to improve because it is a little still centralized because i don't know why like if you know there's 10 validators that are like pretty active on each chain throughout cosmos say they're they're validating on 30 different chains like we would all be naive to think that some of them are having like i don't want to say they're a coalition but they kind of you know they're rolling together it's just the kind of way it is like just like in real life there's all kind of you know uh, okay i agree with you too and, and you kind of have each other's back so uh yeah that's kind of my point on the whole thing with with the governance Thanks, Cosmos. I'll, I'll I'll just shut up. I'll let other people. No, speak. no, you're I think, cool. I think we are, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it's always nice to hear other people's perspectives from other ecosystems because I'm in this. I'm in Cosmos basically twelve to fifteen hours a day, like six days a week, and I can't even keep up with everything just in Cosmos. And then trying to keep up with things that are outside of of Cosmos and just kind of touch base with like hey what's going on with bnb what's going on with ethereum what's going on with bitcoin like it does it's 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 too time consuming like there's no way anyone can take care of it <laughs> no <laughs> i totally get you man and one month to cosmos and uh i i went from a maxi to now i don't care <laughs> yeah so, man. um yeah i'm just trying to get educated man thank you very much you're welcome yeah it's, it's always good to like I always preach about Cosmos and say about having like a diversified portfolio, even if, you know, it's all within Cosmos. But I still tell people like, look, man, like I own some Ethereum um, and I own stuff outside of it. Just and people are like, why do you do that? I'm like, it's just the hedge, you know, like what you never know what can happen. Um, you know, I really the Luna and UST, but at least. I didn't have all those eggs in that basket. Like I owned a bunch of other stuff. It's just like, I always look at it like, um, it's just like huge game and you want to stay in the game. And in order for the stay in the game, you can't have all your eggs in one basket. 
Like, I think anyone's nuts that has, like, all their eggs in, like, one or two baskets in crypto. I don't even care if it's just Bitcoin. I still think you're nuts. Like, if you just, like, oh, I just, I'm a Bitcoin maxi or I'm an Ethereum maxi. Like, yeah, man, you might be right. It's nice to have conviction, but, man, like, nothing's ever certain. So, like, it's nice to have a bunch of stuff. And, hell, really, even outside of crypto, like, if you have some stocks or real estate, just, like, if you're an investor, it's smart to always have all kind of different things. You know, keep tabs on it. Don't be too, spread too thin on it, a bunch of different things, but just always have like hedges against everything. That's how I look at it. So <clears throat> that's that point. But if anyone wants to come up, it's open open chat. So you can just come up and talk about anything. I don't even care. If you have an NFT project, you want to talk about it, you want to talk about anything. I don't really give a shit. So it's just kind of a chill day. I usually do the show starting in about another half hour. I just had, a, I have a lot of stuff to do today. So I kind of wanted to start a little earlier just bullshit about crypto what up clay surprise you're up stuff right now but yeah so um anything else like with with uh cosmos just you know stop by and, and talk about it man just kind of chilling out right now didn't get much sleep so <clears throat> so eat were you um primarily really just about a month ago yeah, so i've uh no no i've, I've uh, primarily was a bitcoin guy but um i started uh researching other stuff uh so dot was i would say my first venture after bitcoin and um recently cosmos uh i i actually i have spent like last one month Almost every free time I have, uh, I have a challenging day job. I'm scientist, director, and lecturer in a university, uh, molecular biology, genetics, epigenetics, and research programs and shit. So I don't have massive amount of time, but I'm, I'm, I've, uh, any spare time I had, I have been researching Cosmos uh, ecosystem. Um, and one thing I have realized is, <laughs> it's, sorry to break your heart, it's, it's not much different from many other ecosystems. Uh, there is a lot of BS about decentralization and stuff, but it's actually still and the, the more tokens you have, the more words you have. Um, I'm also, I also launched a gamification. So um, I, again, these are all parts of experiments. I am not ashamed to say, but uh, there is so, the, the whole system is so easy to do and continue to do. Continue to do. Um, for example, if you can just take 30 atom in one wallet and you have five wallets, you get more airdrop rather than uh, staking. So anyways, these are all early days for me. Maybe I'm wrong, um, but it's it's an exciting system to make money. That's my summary for the moment. For the moment. Yeah. I mean, it all depends. Every airdrop can be different, you know. So, like, they all have their different qualifications. Um, as for like decentralization, I think you're kind of missing the point. Not not the voting part of decentralization. The fact that there's no venture capitalist in here telling us what we can and can't do. We basically have no venture capitalists in any of these L1s at all, like any of them. The only time any money starts to come venture capitalist wise is once something gets established. So, for example, Osmosis was the first crypto token ever to reach the top 100 without being on a centralized exchange. Like they might have been on a couple small ones, but they but, but they weren't giving out loans or doing any sort of like listing fees or anything like that. And then Juno was the second token in crypto history to bust through the top 100 per market cap. The same thing. They weren't on any centralized exchanges. 
and they just got on Kraken, but they didn't do any listing fees or anything like that. You can't stop centralized exchanges from listing. They could buy your like if I was a you know if I had millions of dollars, I just wanted to buy any token in in Cosmos and go. Oh, well, it's it's going to be on our exchange now, or you open up deposits and stuff like that. Like you can't stop that. It's, just, it's impossible. But like that's the, that's what I'm when when we think about like decentralization, we mean that we don't really have gatekeepers. You know, we don't need to run anything by anyone. Like, we don't need to leave, like, even Adam, right? Like, I don't need Adam for anything, really. I don't give me a bunch of Adam, but I don't need it. Like, if I build a chain, I don't need to say, hey, do I need the Adam token for anything? Like, no, I don't need it for shit. I don't need any of the tokens. That's, that's what it is about decentralization. Like, all these other chains, like, they want vertical scaling. Like, Cosmos can vertical scale as well, but they they prefer to horizontal scale and be like an app chain. You know, like, okay, this this thing is specific for this type of chain. And there's a reason why, like, DYDX and other, other chains, like L2s that were built on um, Ethereum are coming over to build their own sovereign chain because it's like a sovereign nation that they can control everything about it. They can do whatever they want. They can set how many validator sets they want. You know, they can vote on it hey you hold dy you pen, 15 5 you know do you want you, you can implement different changes through governance and yeah it, your point is the people that have you know more skin and more skin in the game have more votes i mean i don't know i don't know if, if that's i would think that's like that pretty much everywhere because you're saying about what with dot you know putting up the, the tokens well what's the difference you still have to put up the tokens um the difference I think too is is the the activity in Cosmos is a lot. Like people like you can barely have any skin in a game and you can cause a lot of shit by just going on Twitter. And it's very active. Like we do so many Twitter spaces and people, you know, they come up and they talk about stuff and, and we get, you know, uh we've had shows where there's a couple hundred people on it and a lot of them were different L um they're basically the CEOs of a chain of, of a business. They come by, they stop by and they just talk about crypto and they talk about what they're doing. And I don't really see that in other ecosystems. I do a lot of, this last week. I haven't, but I do a lot of spaces where I just like hop on shows for any other ecosystem. It'd be Solana. It could be Ethereum. Well, really not that many Ethereum. If it is, it's just NFTs, but like all these other different ecosystems, I never hear, never like some someone that started up a chain or is, has you know a lot of skin in the game stops by and just randomly starts talking with the community unless it's like a community driven AMA that's already said you know scheduled in, the, in advance on their Twitter space or their Twitter page. So there's a lot going when it comes to that. I think that's kind of decentralization. The fact that I'm a tax accountant and about a year ago I didn't even have where and I hate social media. I still don't really like it, but it's kind of my life now. But um. You know, the fact that I went to different shows in, in person and were essentially sponsored, sponsored by like the, the community and, and got to speak on stage by, uh, at the central about NFTs in front of like a couple thousand people was kind of, to me, a, a testament of how strong like the Cosmos community is. And, uh, you know, like there's a lot of things going in the right direction with it. I, I try not to compare like Cosmos with like chains that are like, like you know three four years older than it because it's it's not a really good comparison um of course they're going to have more things going for right now because it's older just like a, a five-year-old has more skill than a one-year-old does you know um but 
Yeah, I mean, I just think with IBC, the way that like the Merkle proof works with how you can send data from one chain to another. And if a bad actor tried to, to like say there was a bad relayer, it would just know and, and the, the, it would just automatically go back to the original destination. Like we, we know how data can be sent from one sovereign chain to another. So you can't really hack that. And, and you're talking about that. Yeah. I mean, that's just the bridge. Like bridges suck. They're just garbage. They're just all, you know, they're just garbage. And that's that gets a bad name in crypto. Well, it's because everyone's speaking different languages. You know, like Solana speaks Solana, Ethereum speaks Ethereum, and then there's this really sketchy way of of like having a translator in the middle of it that holds all the power to everything. And a translator could just make up shit. You know, like I if I'm speaking English, I tell this translator to say this in, in Mandarin, they could just change it up and say something else, and I wouldn't know. You know what I mean? It's kind of like the same thing with these the way these bridges interact with one another. It's kind of sketchy. So. I do agree that DeFi in that aspect is is sketchy, but I don't DeFi on these other chains. You know, like I just buy the to- the main token and hold it if I am going to get exposure to that ecosystem. You know, I I was just looking last night on on Solana's DeFi. There is no DeFi anymore. You know, it's like it's just NFT chain. It's a super NFT chain. It's a really cool NFT chain, but that's kind of like what Solana defaulted to is NFTs and like games and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I don't know. I think Cosmos has got a lot going for it. But. Yeah, no, no, I 100% agree with many of the points you made, especially on, on Osmosis and Juno. Um, I will sh- request other folk now uh, yeah, to thanks. speak. Uh, I, I, have, I think I have spoken enough. I'm new, I'm learning. Uh, I also agree with you that uh, the Twitter spaces is kind of fun. Uh, I've been popping on and off like since morning. <laughs> different uh places and it's it's pretty entertaining uh thanks thanks cosmosos and oh, yeah, uh, hopefully other folks can speak now yeah thanks for stopping by anytime man like you ever want any any questions or any data or something that i can help with just shoot me a dm and uh i if i don't know the answer i'll get get the answer I appreciate that but what up what up star chad what's going on buddy what's up everybody I just want to stop in say happy sunday hope everyone's having a good day and hello how's, how's everyone doing pretty good man just, just the open chat you can talk about whatever you want what do you got going on today right now i'm walking my dog actually nice i just so i start my day with you're on the west coast right yep so that's a nice and early Mount, mountain standard time uh, okay you're in i think where are you in colorado ish yeah, around that area. Nice. I haven't been out there ever. It's one of the places I need to go to. I've been I've, I've been like all out west, but I haven't been to like Denver. I was supposed to go to the one conference, the ETH one there, but I didn't go. I'd like to go out there sometime. Maybe go catch a catch a football game or something. Broncos game. I always wanted to go to Mal my Mal High. I can't even talk. Mal High Stadium seemed like a good time. But um, yeah, man. Just uh, anyone in here, you should, you should definitely give uh, Chad a follow, man. He makes pretty cool content. I think he's really underrated. Good, good dude, man. Makes really cool shit. Oh shucks, you're the best. <laughs> <laughs> I miss having a dog, dude. I don't have a dog anymore. Man, I got three dogs. They're they're a handful, but I love them. 
that's why I don't have any more. It's like, as much as I miss them, dude, like I like to travel, just get up and go. I don't need to like call someone and say, Hey, can you watch my dog? Or, you know, all that shit. So just kind of whatever. <laughs> like, they're real chill. You know what I mean? Like when I, whenever I go to someone's house and they have dogs, I just like chill with the dog the whole time. <laughs> it's like, I miss having a dog, but it's kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of like having kids. It's like if you don't have kids and you have cool nieces and nephews, you get to just like have fun with them and then give them give them back at the end of the day. There you go. Uh, oh yeah, that's not my partner. And I. We're, we're like we're no kids, but we love uh, spoiling the people, other kids, oh, yeah. other people's kids. That's that's what my wife and I did too. It's like uh, we want kids, but we're, we're having a little trouble with it. But um, it's like. Yeah, we get to just fun with our nieces and nephews, and then at the end of the day, we just give them back so we don't have to deal with them anymore. <laughs> it's kind of funny. But hey, Sandy, how you doing? She's coming up. Thanks for stopping by, Chad. For sure. Kind of just chilling today, dude. I got a lot of stuff to do around the house after after this. Just wanted to by and chat with some peeps today. See how everyone's doing. Hi, can I say hello? This yes, is- sure. You sure can. Thank you. I saw Cosmos Potluck open mic. Had to pop in here to learn and listen, and just to also add because I've been with Cosmos since Cosmos started. I've been following it, and I'm just so excited for the September Medellin uh, gathering, which I'm going. And um, also, dogs are great. I have two dogs. Um, it costs the same to put them in a hotel as what I spend going to wherever I'm going. So, but I've had dogs all my life. I had a bed and breakfast in Hawaii, and I realized having dogs help my guests a lot because they miss their dogs. And I'll tell you what, when I'm on vacation, I miss my dogs. Like when I go to sleep, they sleep near me. And being in the NFT blockchain crypto space, you need, um, there they are. You need to have a rhythm, right? You need to have morning, noon, night, get up, walk around. So dogs are perfect for that. They remind you. And also I have a teenager. So when he comes home from school, the dogs greet him. But I'm here to talk about Cosmos. And um, one thing we're saying about, about other blogs and G's being more advanced because they've had more time. Yes, this is true. However, what I'm seeing is that in the Cosmos ecosystem, we're doing stuff, doing stuff that's new. Terra Spaces records most of these um, spaces that you guys are having. This is really huge for record keeping to prove history of who did what and said what and what happened. Other blockchains, I'm not seeing people like Terra Spaces. If anybody's doing that, I'm not seeing it. So that is something that other blockchains can learn from what's going on in the Cosmos ecosystem. So um, one of the other things I would like to see better in the NFT marketplaces is better curation. So I don't know if this is written up properly. You know, when you you look at object. It's beautiful the way it's curated, like, the, like, you know, they have like special gems of the day, but like Omniflix, they still need like a little improvement. And like when you go to their marketplace, it needs, it needs to be changed. Like I can see this is the beginning. So, and you're right, this, this is new, everything's new, but it's, and like you said, to be able to talk to the people making blockchains, no, 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 no. You don't see that. Like on the Tezos blog, sometimes they come in 
So right now they've got the Tezos Foundation where they're going around collecting NFTs for their vault, for their foundation. This is a huge honor. When an artist gets collected, everybody goes and buys their work. So I can't wait to see like a Cosmos ecosystem foundation NFT vault. And that will happen too. So these are the things that's on my mind. I'm happy to be here with you learning and sharing my experience. And I'm going to go through the profiles and meet new friends. Thank you so much for allowing me to share. I am. It's awesome. Yeah, it's like um, the the NFTs for sure. Like we're, I've been talking to it's a group called TFM, which is like an aggregator of data. So they're trying to put all the data together for pretty much everything. So that includes all the the uh, DeFi data and also all the NFT data, where you can just be on one screen and see everything in front of you. And it will help more when interchain accounts happen. So you'll be able to, it's called multi-hopping. Since they're all different sovereign chains, you'll be able to use like an aggregator and say, you're like, oh, I want to swap my Juno to Osmo. It will use every DEX that is within Cosmos. So, you know, maybe Osmo and uh, Juno is the best route or maybe it's something else. So like it, it will do that for you, but also with like NFTs, it'll be the same way. Um, all the data will be kind of in front of you. So if you have NFTs on Stash, which is secret, if you have NFTs on Omniflix, or if you have them on Stargaze, if you have them on Hopper with um, Juno, like it'll be able to see all that and give you like an accurate figure of, okay, well, this is what the floor price is for this particular NFT. And then you can, you know, swap in and out and with like the standardization of kind of like how ethereum's i think it's the erc 721 i think that's what their standardized token is for any um nft it's going to be the same thing with like with um with cosmos nfts and yeah i'm just fascinated to see where this is all going to be in in a year from now because I mean, really, a year a year ago, like a lot of this stuff was just kind of like an idea, and now it's all coming to fruition. And I think that the innovation and uh, like the the timeliness of of all these different things coming to play are very fast, and people don't realize like a year isn't that long. And for all these different things to kind of come to play, I mean, I remember looking at MintScan a year ago. And it was barely anything. Now, if you go on midscan.io and you click the IBC Explorer, you can kind of see like how the galaxy looks and how everything's like intertwined. And that's always so anyone else that's newer to this space or um, knows someone that's newer to Cosmos and you want to explain it, that's kind of a good way to show them as like a visualization is to pull up the IBC network um, on Mintscan because then you could see like how everything kind of communicates with one another and how all that data is going from this chain to that chain. And it's, there's no friction. Uh, I was doing that down Florida because at the permissionless event down Florida, there was, it was no IBC. It was just basically osmosis. And the only other group that kind of understood it was Moonbeam. Moonbeam was down there, but everything else was like AVAX and, and Solana and Ethereum and stuff like that. So like those, those type of communities and people, they didn't even know how Cosmos even worked. They'd come over and say, oh, what's Osmosis? And then I would tell them, like, well, obviously they have no clue how Cosmos works because they wouldn't even ask that question. So I'm like, okay, well, have you ever heard of IBC? And 
they say no. And I'm like, it's inter inter blockchain communication. It's the internet of blockchains, basically. And it's the way that all these chains can communicate with one another. And then I would give them references like, oh, if you're on the island over here, you know, you you're, you speak this language. And then this other island that's over, a few, you know, 10 miles down there, down there, you can't speak to it. But you know, this is how it works. And I'm just giving them references and using that um, IBC uh, network as like, or like I was using planet references, like all, all these planets are in the same galaxy, the same solar system, and, and they could speak to one another and there's no friction. And then I was explaining like what the Merkle proof was and because they would ask questions, well, how how do you know like that's secure? And then I was t- teaching them what relayers are, how it's like a decentralized postal service. And there's no way to to change that. And all this data just communicates with one another. And it just knows basically that, you know, hey, you're sending over five Juno from from um, osmosis back to the Juno chain. And, and you can't alter that code. And if it did, it would just go back to the original destination. So it's it's pretty fascinating stuff, to be honest with you. But yeah, I mean, I personally, I love NFTs, like not financial advice. I have NFTs everywhere and it is kind of annoying. You know, it's like, oh, I got, I got these NFTs on Solana, these on Ethereum, these on like BNB, these ones on this chain and that chain. And it'd just be kind of nice to just have it all in one spot, you know, for everything. Like it just kind of look at my overall portfolio. And I know there's things out there, like I think CoinHall is working on stuff like that. And um, yeah, we need we need all that. We need it to make it so, you know, when you use crypto, you basically don't even know you're using crypto. And that's why I'm really bullish on Cosmos, because I think that's going to be how the future is. Like, you're just going to go from one chain to another, and it's going to be used by IBC, and people aren't even going to have to know, like, what what's even working under the hood, so to speak. Just like when you go on a website right now, and you're, you're looking up something on this website, and then you go to another one, you just know it works, and you don't care that it's pinging off different servers and doing all this other stuff. You just know it's going to work, and I think that's basically how Cosmos is. We're the only ones really working on that type of technology. I don't know anyone else is doing anything like that out there in the space. So they just use like temporary bridges, which are just really unsafe and crappy and they're not sustainable. It's it's just like a it's like a, a road, right? That has like, you know, wherever you live at, maybe you have potholes in your town or your your city just refuses to put new concrete slabs there. They just keep putting bullshit in it, like rocks and gravel and, and some, you know, some crap in it. And every, you know, as soon as it gets crappy out, you know, there's going to be potholes there every single time. It's kind of like what a bridge really is. It's just crappy. And uh, they just put duct tape on it and try to patch it up every time, but it's not sustainable. So what's up, Gaines? Is it Gaines stopped by? But yeah, man, just open mic. So anyone that wants to talk about anything, I don't care what it is. Those of you have to be about cryptos. Just pull up the mic and come up and talk. Go ahead, B B bands. Can I share with you about the NFT expo that I went to in LA a couple of weeks ago? What happened yeah. there? Sure, what's up? So first of all, disclosure, it was my first real world experience of going to an NFT expo. And I've been doing NFTs for a while. Theta was the first blockchain where I bought NFTs. And then I realized the value of flipping these things. So then I started going on everything. So at this expo, people, half the people there had not minted anything. They had bought $5,000 booth spaces because 
you know, it's like they just knew there's something going on in NFT and blockchain. They didn't really know what, but they knew it was something and they just wanted in. And that was like half the people. Like when you went up to them, they were artists or they had a game, but they hadn't minted. They weren't anywhere. They just wanted to get their brand known. And then there was a half, the other half of people were looking for funding. And sometimes there were these artists who, you know, bought these booths and they wanted somebody to fund them. And then there were people who were building their platforms and like marketplaces and they were looking for artists to populate their marketplace. So everybody wanted a piece of everybody. I got to meet the CEO of DeLorean. That was the biggest thing. Excuse me, my dogs are going to bark right now. There's a dog walking by. So there it is. And um, we're still in training. So the CEO of DeLorean has decided they're going to sell 9,000 something DeLorean cars. And uh, the way they're going to do it is with NFTs. So you get whitelisted if you're in the 88 club. And you, for 24 hours, you can buy this NFT, which gives you a position for purchasing a DeLorean. And to me, that was the highlight of this expo. So I'm going to buy this NFT. I'm definitely not going to be able to afford to buy a DeLorean, but I'm going to be able to flip my position in line and sell that NFT for thousands of dollars. Anyway, the CEO of this company, he's very smart. And he wanted to know who I was and how come I was interested and why I was like early in there in this place to sign up quickly because I understood what was happening. And, um, and there was a rocket literally selling you the moon. You can buy places in the moon. So these NFT expos, apparently they've got it all. You can buy places in the moon. Um, there was marijuana cannabis also going into, you know, outside of earth. That was interesting. And then there's the artists, the gamers, the musicians. Oh, and we cannot forget about the strippers and the porn stars and the fake collection that's going to take you for all your money. Go into the booth. There is a video of a guy who he's got it all. He looks rich. He's got money, champagne, girls, boats. And then after you watch the seven minute video, they're selling you something real estate in the metaverse somewhere. And some beautiful looking model will talk about it who knows nothing really about blockchain, but she'll sell you this thing. So that was there too. And um, it was a learning experience. And, um, and I met a lot of connections and people who are blockchain agnostic, who realize that in the not too distant future, all these blockchains will have communication. And those were the very interesting people to meet. And um, I did onboard some people to Tezos. And then there were people who were already like minted in different marketplaces, but didn't know about Cosmos. So I talked to them as well, because those are the kind of people I want in this community to bring their already established sense of community and art to this new marketplace. So that's my exciting report for you. And I'm working with the Persian community because they're super into it. They understand blockchain technology is their only way to economic freedom. Because, you know, shit is bad over there. You can't make any money. You can't have business. And this new way really helps people in Venezuela, Iran, Cuba, African nations. And, um, and these are the people who are most active and caring and literate, aside from the inventors, of course, and the developers and the validators. And there you have it, folks. My update for you.
Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's it's very empowering, like crypto in general. I mean, that's one of the many reasons I love it is that it gives opportunities to people that wouldn't have opportunities before, and it, it makes the the the, uh, the playing field a little bit more even for everyone. It gives access to people that wouldn't have it. So, I, it's really cool, and I love to see it and love hearing stories like that. And then as for like NFTs, yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean. You know, I I was I used to be a sneakerhead, so I would get exclusive shoes and pay a lot of money for them, and and um you know they would only release X amount of these particular Jordans or whatever. And if you were fortunate enough to get lucky to get one of them, I mean the the market value would four or five X, ten X, sometimes even higher than that, depending on the exclusive uh, shoes. So NFTs are kind of the same premise, depending on um, what kind of NFT it is. So like the permission list, there was, I don't remember what the name of the NFT was. I should have grabbed it. It was right after the Luna Kuna crash. I'm not, I'm not done with any of this right now. And when I went down to the event to work it, I don't know what the floor was. It was a couple ETH, maybe two or three ETH for the NFT was really cool. And what it gave you access to was not, not only like the, the art was really cool is for, for life, like any permissionless event, you got to go for free. And the permissionless events are expensive. They're, you know, they're $250, dollars $400, $500, depending on what kind of, like, ticket you get. So, like, you get your money back pretty much after just doing it twice. Because I think it was actually $500, if I can recall correctly, for some of the tickets. And, um, yeah, so, like, then there was other perks and stuff like that. And I should have grabbed it because I, I told my wife, I was like, even if I, even if I get this and flip it, uh, I can guarantee it's going to like two or three acts right off the bat because they didn't release that many of them. And I had access to getting one. It was kind of unfair. I definitely had access to get one because I was like a part of like the the convention and I worked it. So we, we like automatically got like whitelisted, so to speak. And um, yeah, I mean, I remember being at the, the, the convention and it was on May 17th and then like, like the next day it went up already like a three X the, the mint did. So like you could have just bought it and then sold it for three X real quick. And I didn't do it, you know, but that's like, that's going to be the way of like different things, you know, secret network already has a movies out, you know, that the first time in NF- NFT history where there's exclusive and um, movie rights due to secret networks, private metadata, and um like that's just one one thing uh when i hosted the i was a moderator at in texas for this this for this nft segment and um the couple guys that were up there one was called bacon coin and basically it was it had to do with real estate being able to um verify different things with the real estate and you could take out loans and like NFT, you can take out um, actual crypto loans against against it and i, I didn't really remember all the, the specifics about it but the, you know they had that there was this other guy that was talking about um like fractionalized shares of um different sports things like whether it was like a ticket like if you went to like a really exclusive game like a super bowl and you can sell your ticket and experience and it was kind of fascinating and then there was another one that was talking about uh like real life assets like if you had a really exclusive bottle of wine and um like watches and just like different ways of bringing nfts to real life and stuff like that and 
Yeah, it's going to be nuts. Like I think you know, all all sporting tickets, concert tickets, um, plays, and things of that nature will be NFTs in the future. Because I've always collected all my ticket stubs, you know, and now it's like, like you you don't really get to do that as much because when you buy a ticket, it's all electronic, right? And it's always on like Ticketmaster or Ticket Hub or whatever these like third parties are. And it's not like really a good experience. So it'd be cool to have it just a part of your like NFT portfolio. You know, you click your NFTs on your MetaMask or your Kepler wallet and you could see your experiences like, hey, look, you know, I went to the Super Bowl three years ago or I went to this famous play or I went and see this uh, famous comedian. And it's like right there for you to always keep. And technically, you could even sell that if you wanted to. You know, someone wanted to buy that, 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 that experience or whatever. You know they could do that so i i always preach that nfts are going to be everything you know like all all the private metadata too is going to be there and it's actually in fact it's given people chances in other countries to have an identity too you know so like if you're in like a third world country i mean you might not have a birth certificate or um you know, things like that now with with crypto and blockchain now you can have an identity and you can prove that you graduated a particular school and um, you know, none of this was possible before crypto. So like a lot of th- things like this, people don't really realize, but that's why I'm really, um, invested in it. You know, yeah, I want one day to have financial freedom from putting all this time and effort into it, but it's more of like a mission for me and a journey. And I, th- I think it's the right thing to do. And I, when I put all these hours in, it doesn't feel like work. It's just a passion, you know, and I'm just grateful for me to even be here and for all the people that are chugging along and, and making this thing a reality because before it used to just be some sort of like idea but it's starting to come there you know it takes time I, you know we're not we're not even anywhere remotely close to the to the surface of what what this thing can be but i think it's just the right thing to do uh with everything and yeah there's gonna be bad stuff that happens along the way that's just the reality of life but i think in the overall realm of things that good's gonna come out of this and um, it's just going to help everyone out. It's going to keep more people accountable, whether that's like po- like politically or, um, you know, corporations, governments, like whomever is that, are, you know, they're just kind of cheating, cheating the system, so to speak, and not being accountable. And this is going to help that. So I'm just looking forward to all of it, to be honest with you. By the way, um, something about L.A., it's such a unique place in the world. At the LA Convention Center, so we were a few hundred people at this NFT Expo, and it was uh, it was just NFT Expo is what it was. There were thousands of people who had come for this other event. They were all like uh, Hispanic. It was some sort of an exorcism. The Catholic Church had put on this sort of thing, and uh, I, I I finally got to talk to some of these people when I went outside. The street food in LA is awesome. These ladies had quesadillas, tacos, pupusas, agua fresca, whatever. But inside the expo was $4 for a banana. So um, that was kind of good to get outside. And so I found out these people had driven some of them hundreds of miles to come to this thing to possibly see some sort of a faith experience. And it just made me realize, you know, there were people trying to build airplanes, um, the steam engine or the railroad, and people were running and putting their money in the coffers of these faith places. Nothing has changed. It's still that way. So the stark contrast of the thousands of people lined up who paid to go see this other thing 
instead of just stepping over to this NFT expo and learning about blockchain technology and finding freedom and the answer to their dreams in a real world way was also baffling and kind of um, reminded me of the human experience that it's just always like that when even when the answer is in front of you, people want to run and go somewhere else and say, no, I'm going to wait for it. Yeah, these are being naysayer, you know what I mean? Because it's just like, if you're wrong, no one remembers, you know, like, hey, that person was wrong. I mean, you look back in the late 90s, early 2000s, you can see all kind of mainstream media articles and, and publications that were calling the Internet a scam. And it was just a fad, you know, like, oh. And um, I mean, look now, I mean, it's literally changed the whole world. It's, it was essentially the Internet was the most, I want to say, disruptive. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I just mean the way of life. The Internet was the most disruptive thing humanity's ever seen. Think about it. Like the fact that not even that long ago, like oh, I don't want to say boomers, but boomers, right? They didn't even have a reality that so, you'd be able to pick up this electronic thing and be able to talk to someone anywhere in the world and text them and do all this stuff or order stuff that just arrives to your house. You know, like hey, let me just order stuff and it's just going to arrive to my house. Like you can do, you literally can order anything and it'll come to your house now. Um, you can hop on a, 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 you know, a random person picks you up and you can just drive anywhere now just by your phone. And um, the fact that now you can have a, a, a piece of data, right? That's all crypto is, is a piece of data uh, and, and send it to anyone instantly. And, and no one could say yes or no when you send it over to them. And instead of people coming over to America and then having to, to Western Union this currency over, and our, there's all these intermediaries, now they can just send crypto for like a couple pennies. And then now they can have that asset back to Mexico or, you know, wherever they're, wherever they're coming from to help their families out and stuff like that. And it's, it's really empowering. And, uh, yeah, it's it's just crazy. Like the like, technology is always going to keep evolving, and this is, you know, like people that don't realize it and they they think we're not early. This is so early still. I mean, you could just like look at the trajectories of like Microsoft and Apple and Amazon and all that, and like how long it took and how much turmoil and ups and downs and eighty percent corrections that they had to go through to get where they are now. It's kind of the same premise with like with like crypto, like Bitcoin and all this stuff. It's it's still even Bitcoin's still early. It's not as early as like blockchains, like actual blockchains with proof of stake. But, you know, it's still early. I mean, less than I don't even know how many people own like Bitcoin or it, just in crypto in general. I think that last time I looked, it was like less than a couple percent of people in the world own any and any sort of crypto. So, I mean, there's over eight billion people on the planet. So <laughs> Just to think about that stat alone, we're definitely early. So, yeah, it's just going to be cool. I mean, and it's the the unknown is always fun, you know. Like whether it works or not, the unknown is just like it's a thrill, right? We I think every human is like a thrill seeker. At least, I mean, I guess you kind of should be. Not saying you need to invest in crypto, but you should always want a different experience and to change up your day. It's boring, is it? Every single day to do the same thing over and over and nothing different. You know, like that's not fun. That's not really what we're meant for, to be honest with you. We're meant for, you know, the journey. We're meant for something unknown. We've always been that way. You know, like since humanity started, like people wanted to explore and and do things. You know, people built the Egyptian temples back in the day. Like there was, 
things being built, you know, you go to an old house or an old building, it always fascinates me personally, like go into a house that was built in the 1800s or even before that, and or a building that was built hundreds of years ago. It's like, how the hell did they do this? Like this thing's immaculate, you know, and they didn't have technology to do that. And the, you know, we're just exploring everything. Like it's going to be crazy, you know, 50 years from now, who knows what the hell is going to be going off. We're all lucky enough to, for, for, you know, anyone that's young enough here to, to, to experience this, like, it's going to be nuts. Like who knows what's going to happen, but, um, it's just amazing. Like I just think of crypto as like a, a way to explore something that's unknown that we never could even imagine before. So what's up, Aztec? Just open mic, man. If you want to come up, drop by. What's up, Tricky? I see Tricky's in here. Shout out to everyone that stopped by, spending their Sunday, just hearing me rant. <laughs> but Sandy, so I was going to say, was that the first like crypto convention you've ever been to? Yeah, it was. Awesome. Hey, you know what? What you're talking about made me think of like the bigger picture of how humans are going to evolve, how our bodies are going to look, our fingers. Do you remember the movie Wally? And yes. Humans were in space for like 700 years, and there were just chubby people, and they couldn't really <laughs> walk. So like now we're not really painting or carving wood. We're making machines that are smart that will do these things for us, right? So eventually the muscle movement and all that will change how our, like we used to have tails at one point, maybe people think scientists think, and now we don't. So how are our fingers and our bodies going to look um, seven, 800 years from now? I wonder. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think everyone will have carpal tunnel syndrome for sure. Like you'll just be born with carpal tunnel syndrome because <laughs> everyone's and and probably bad necks everyone will be hunched over too probably because <laughs> always hunching you know it's like you're always looking at your phone or you're on the computer with bad posture <laughs> maybe it'll probably evolve into like really round people i guess um but no like yeah it's awesome to go i always tell everyone if you've never experienced like a crypto convention you know, just go to one, especially during the bear market, because like the energy is amazing because everyone that's there wants to be there. It's not like their bags are pumping and they're just coming. Oh, well, my, you know, my, my Ethereum, I bought it at this. Now it's six X and like they're excited. You know, it's like the market tanked and the people that are usually there are genuine and they believe in it and they understand it and they want to be there. And they, you know, most of the people that are at uh, conventions during the bear markets, like they have a lot of skin in the game or want to have skin in the game. So it's a different animal, so to speak. So I would definitely advise people to go, you know, like, even if you don't want to dox yourself, just go. Like, it's not like people know who you are. They just know your PFP, just go and kind of hang out and go ask questions and go get some free merchandise. You know, everyone's giving away cool t-shirts and stuff. You can have some cool clothes and just experience it. It's like a, it's a, it's a good, it's a good energy. That's all I can say about it. Like I wouldn't change anything from it. You know, it's like, it's a, it's yeah, it was trippy. There's a lot of interesting new technology, the booths, the pictures, the videos and the people. It's very positive. You're right. And you make, um, connections, my resources, I'm going to do real world merchandise. And I met people who are going to create my wooden blocks. That's going to have my art that I'm going to be dropping. So I, I, I met connections. I found my network of people I need to do to, to what, what my next step is. So it was definitely an investment. What I would say is I don't think to do the VIP is necessarily worth it unless your company's paying you. Cause 
For $1,700, I didn't see them serving anything beyond Cheetos, 7-Up, water, and, and just, you know, there wasn't really anything in that room. And I didn't pay that, but I had access to it. So, and then there was an after party. And I don't think that worth hundreds of dollars to do that because just paying the day fee to go to expo is sufficient. And there were plenty of super smart people who had no idea what that was and had bought tickets to come and learn. So those were the very smart, interesting people um, that I really enjoyed meeting as well. So definitely get yourself to these. There's one in Miami, New York. I guess the big cities have them. So if you if you can find them, it, it just changes, put, puts things in perspective. And also one last thing, if you are minting, if you're holding any crypto, if you even have a wallet, you're like 85% ahead of the game. That everybody, you know, you should realize. Yeah, for sure. I guess all the conventions are different. I, to be honest with you, the permissionless event, I think I lowballed it. I think it was like what you're saying. I, 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 I didn't have to pay, so I don't know. But I would think it was like that too, like $1,500 or whatever. It's like very expensive. But like the permissionless event was amazing. Like they gave you everything. Like I'm talking about like high quality food. Uh, just like you're saying about the after parties, the after parties were nuts. They were insane. Like AVAX would just like, buy a couple bars right for the night and you could just go in um to give you a couple free drinks or sometimes even more than that uh and you're just you know you have your your lantern on and people are like oh you know and they just like start talking to you and you just network you know you never know who you're going to meet i met all kind of people at these events like i actually got um shilled a couple different jobs in real life jobs because i'm a i'm an accountant too and there was a couple people that came to the um events that were looking for people that one they knew how to do like taxes and and all that type of stuff and also that had crypto experience so they can you can kind of you know um help them out and and things like that and and everyone has a different type of skill i'm 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 really positive about that everyone has some sort of unique quality that they can bring to crypto because crypto is so new and it expands so fast and they're you know they're we're always looking for new people for to help with whatever you know you might have some cool different skill set that you don't even know about yet but the crypto allows you to be creative too you know like i think it's all kind of like an art it's everything's an art you know and it's really cool and definitely go to the conventions man like they're everywhere you're talking about miami there's a the central miami coming up and yeah they're for the most part they are in major cities uh, so they're they're everywhere. You can check them out. Like they're all over the world and stuff like that. So you know you get a chance to go to one of them. Definitely go to one of them. You never know who you're going to meet, what kind of collaboration you can have and experience. So I wouldn't change it. You know, I would love to be. It'd be nice to just be a full time convention grinder. <laughs> you know, just go all over the world, experience the world, and travel. I don't know if I'm going to Medellin. Unfortunately, I, I'm probably not. Um, I was going to. Uh, the only advice I'd give anyone going to these conventions is just to have, <laughs> just take like hand sanitizer and stuff with you, and just try to be real smart because uh, there's a lot of people you're going to meet. You probably shake hands, and you never know. You don't want to get sick. And this getting sick isn't fun, so definitely be kind of smart about that. But other than that, yeah, just experience it. It's a great time. They're everywhere, so like they're they're in New York City all the time, and. You know, if it's close to you, you might as well drop by and go to one of them. Take your wife or, your, you know, if you're a woman, husband or your partner or whomever, you know, go experience it. It's a good time. What's up, Grits? Grits, you there? Good, you.
used. I don't know what Gertz has done. Yeah, what's up, y'all? Um, yeah, I was thinking about something. So I know there's some mints coming up this today and like this on Stargaze. And I was like, I was about to press the min button, but I was like, man, dude, like people are gonna list this under floor price almost immediately and I can check it on Hubble. Maybe I'll just pick it up like under floor price. What else uh, perspective on that? Y'all doing that? Y'all not minting anymore? I feel like minting kind of could be like you might be getting the short draw, short, you know, call short side of the stick. I mean, it all depends on the product, really, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, if it's a cool piece of art, but there's nothing there yet, I I usually just wait for the most part. Or, you know, like, uh, fortunately, sometimes I help out different projects and they'll just send me a couple NFTs and I just put them in my like, portfolio. But, yeah, I, I think it it all depends. Like, if there's a high demand for the NFT, it's definitely worth minting it because... One, you might get super lucky and mint like a really high level one. And then, you know, if I prefer the way I do it is if it's like a mint and I think that there's going to be it's going to sell out fast. I'm I'm trying to mint multiple ones, at least two to three of them. And then I want pretty much whenever, forever. And I'm definitely trying to flip one. And hopefully with that flip, I'm just breaking back even at least. And then I just have a couple NFTs for free, really. I don't know if I can ever say free because if you don't ever sell that asset back to, to USD, it's technically never free, but you know, you catch my drift. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the way I approach it, you know? And um, yeah, I mean, it makes sense sometimes to be patient, you know, there's a lot of hype initially too. So sometimes you can flip early and just like I said, my, my thing lately, if I do it as I'm trying to just kind of break even and then have a couple of NFTs after that and then do whatever with them. Like I did that with the prime apes on Solana. Like the mint was not even that expensive. It was like a, like two soul when it first happened. And I had a real good vibe with them. I was like, oh, I think this thing was going to go up a lot. I minted three or four of them. I think three, it was like a 10 K collection and the floor, the floor went up to like 12 or 13 soul. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to sell a couple of them. And then now I have a bunch, a few of them that I could just hold on to. And hell, you never know. One day a thing might go up to 100 soul or 150 soul. And then I could do whatever I want after that with it, you know. So you just never know. Like, I think it's a good strategy to kind of try to break even off the bat. And then you just kind of free. It's like being at the casino. You you go there with a K, you double your money, you take a K no matter what to the side, and then you just go nuts with that other K. You're like, I'm willing to lose all of this because I'm leaving here at least back broke even, or take a couple hundred bucks and put it in your pocket too. So now I got eight hundred dollars, and I'm just gonna make some crazy bets and try to to go hard with this eight hundred, see where it takes me. And you never know what it's gonna do. You might lose that eight hundred, but you you're leaving tonight at and you and you want two hundred bucks, you know. So it's like. It's it's all how you how you view that type of thing. That's how I would probably try to approach that if I if I had to give you my my kind of my strategy. By the way, for I sure, see the sure. hand. I need to add this in there. If you're ever going to turn around and sell an artist's work, if you're hurting for money and situations bad, um, please reach out to the artists instead of like uh, putting a really low offer. Artists care about their floor price. Sometimes I've, I've had to go back and buy one of my own works from Tezos because, you know, this person collected it for like, I don't know, four or six Tezos and then they were selling it for and other people were selling it for like 12 or 16 Tezos. So um, 
keep that in mind. It is somebody's bread and butter and it does affect their price. I mean, of course it's yours. You can do as you please. Um, but keep in mind, you know, there is reputation. People do look at you and they do see what you're doing. And, um, and, and we do want you to make money. And I want you to make triple the money if you're buying my art. And if you're hurting, send me a DM. Say, dude, I need money. And I'll just send you the tizzles and take that. You know, just don't bring my floor price down, please. Thank you. No, that's a good. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So, I mean, I never I don't think I've ever sold on their floor before for anything. So I wasn't even thinking about that viewpoint. But, yeah, I mean, like a lot of these different NFT projects, they have a treasury. So, like, they'll just buy it sometimes over floor anyhow. So you might as well just do that because you're helping them out. And obviously you're helping yourself out because then you don't even technically have to go through the whole hoopla of like listing it and worrying about if someone's going to buy it and all that type of stuff. Because I, I, uh, I get so busy. I've, I've lost money because I'll, I'll live on um, OpenSea and then people will be making me offers and I don't even check, right? Like I'll list it at whatever, whatever point that I want to try to get. And someone will offer me something like really close to what i wanted to get anyhow and i won't look at it and then sometimes people won't ever they won't go to what i wanted to go to you know it's like that's how my kind of uh, negotiating is most of the times when two people are negotiating something the person going in with with that asset is like this is what i want to get for it but then they always you always list it for more than what you want i mean that's a good negotiator it's like you if you want a hundred dollars you're like, I'm cool with a hundred. Like, I really want a hundred dollars for this. You should list it for more than that. And it's like, you know, you might get it. Um, and then if you get a hundred or someone offers you a hundred or 110, you might want to just take it right away. And then the, the, the auction, so to speak is over with. So it all depends. I, I, I know that we're starting to get to that evolution of like Cosmos, um, projects, the NFTs that have all this f functionalities, it's starting to get there, but yeah, it's a good point. Like if you, you have an NFT and you know, like the floor is like 10, whatever, say it's 10 atom or something. You shouldn't list it for like five. I mean, it's kind of going to sell no matter what at five, in my opinion. So like, why are you, why are you doing that? You should probably try to get more for it, but I'm sure that artists, you know, especially if they mint it out, I mean, they have a treasury. Most of them have a treasury because they're trying to build like a, like a small ecosystem, like a micro economy. So they have probably the assets there to, to buy it off you for at least four so it doesn't negatively affect their what they're doing so that's a good point what's up star you had your what up chad you had your hand up oh yeah i was just gonna make a few points um uh thank you sandy for making that point about the artist um i i have like two points about like should you should you mint on mint day or should you wait until like secondary market i would say from a personal standpoint, if you're trying to come into the space as an investor, then, I mean, honestly, yeah, I would always try to look for a floor price or below floor price because you know it's going to go up if it's, a, if it's a solid project, if it's a solid community. But then on the other hand, from being Stargaze Chad, I'd like to support the artist. So if I do buy... NFT because I haven't I haven't sold any that I actually I sold a, a meta uh, a meta rat I think but I mean I bought a lot and that one started to fizzle out a little bit so I wanted to get a little bit back from it but hit you know hitting on that 
point as the market goes down and if you're holding a lot then it's like a learning lesson of you know did did you buy at the right time or did you buy too much because personally i mean i've spent thousands and thousands of dollars when market was super energetic and i you know for me i'm a speculator so i speculate on future value and so you know like as you know i'm not trying to plug like specific ones but like one that i think just from a you know emotional standpoint and on an art standpoint i think something like bad kids art will go a long ways because it has a lot of like attributes that go along with like say uh, like uh, like crypto punks or something uh, people like irony I, I don't know if that's the right word to use but the fact that the art isn't that good is the point and you know like seeing the energy around bad kids um and i i i, I own a lot of um strange clan and that's based on knowing like where the metaverse is going to go and what it's going to be and me believing that you know these characters that i've purchased very very strategically you know may end up in like triple a games at some point um and they might they don't have to just you know live on in the cosmos universe and these are like really expandable and i um so yeah i mean coming from that point not getting too sidetracked if you want to if you're trying to invest and make money and flip then that's a different mindset but if you come in at the top of the market and your favorite artist drops nfts then you're you're going to pay the mint price or, you know, or if you're really excited, you're going to get caught in the excitement just like I did and spent, I think it was like almost $10,000 on a, on a meta rat. And that was just like a learning experience for me because, you know, I, I went on to then spend money on, um, you know, what I think is going to be really valuable are redacted rabbits because you it's very hard to get one and you can't get them. And like time Warner wants to, you know, they basically sent a cease and assist to say, please stop selling these rabbits. And am I, did I get rugged? No, man. You're okay. Good. Okay. Cool. No, I, I thought my phone froze. I was like, Oh, that was weird. Um, and so like, I feel like time Warner, you know, that's a real clear, you know, sign of how valuable just, you know, redacted rabbits will be in the future, regardless if you're supposed to sell them or not. Um, people like what they can't have. People want to collect what they can't have. And I don't ever plan on selling, you know, my current PFP that I have. And I think I have two or three redacted rabbits. Um, and I think that I was trying to find the first blue chips um, when I got into the space. And I think I've identified a couple of them, but I really do think that redacted rabbits, just because of that move, you know, if even if they never think they will become valuable for that reason i could be wrong um but i think it's a that's a speculation i'm willing to take so uh but i'll, I'll quit talking i i want everyone else to have a chance to speak to yeah you know my point with the rabbits i feel the same way i i mean to be honest with you the rabbit that i have right now is the first nft that i just was like this is amazing like this is so cool and you're talking about meta rats. Like, I don't have anything to say positive or negative about them, but it was really cool that the first rat that I minted was a inmate rat. And then I took that and I made 
like a comic book kind of out of it. You know, I had an artist that put my rabbit because it's an inmate. And then I took the rat and they were both in the same gel and they broke out of gel together. And then I used like my, um, my secret agent, my anon to help them break out. <laughs> you know, I just don't get to like, just having fun with it. And, um, you know, cause that's all life is about anyways, is having some fun. Cause what else is it? You know, why else are we doing anything? You gotta have some fun in life, but no, I agree with the NFT standpoint. Like I don't really, really sell them up, but I think that, you know, you never know where these things can go. So if you have the mindset of, you know, you're, you're heavily invested in them and you don't have that much money, you should try to at least keep yourself in the, in the game and, and be able to expand it. It's like, well, I have five of one when you can have two of them and then get some other stuff too, or, you know, just to keep having more opportunities. And I always like the mint because you never know, right? Like, Help! It's like the lottery ticket. The NFTs are going to be really cool, and I don't know, whatever. Say there's like a three thousand total mint. Like you have one out of three thousand chance, basically, to mint the top one or the top ten. You have ten. You have ten. You know, you have ten opportunities. So, I mean, I I think I like to mint if it, if it's a good project. If it's something I'm like, eh, it looks pretty cool or whatever. Maybe I'll mint or or I'll wait. You know, if the mint uh you know the numbers are going there and there's a couple spots left maybe i'll mint that mint at the end of it but i typically only mint when i think you know there's a lot going for it the community's active the owner the, the artist is very engaging whether he's on twitter spaces or he's tweeting out a lot of stuff or he's making cool meme videos or whatever like the bad kids like they're always posting stuff you know so like i agree with you and i think that's kind of a hidden gem, in my opinion. It seems like when I went to Texas and spoke with a lot of developers and, and members of uh, within Cosmos, like they're all they all own one. So like when you have like basically like a CEO of a blockchain owning one, it's probably going to be something. So you know, not financial advice, but you know, stuff like that. Um, I have an add-on, which is the OG one. They do have the second collection out. I'm never going to sell that first one. Uh, it's cool because like they have, you know, the the NFT, it, it basically has private metadata and there was, I think, only 580 of them ever. So imagine if Secret Network in five years from now is like the go-to pri- programmable privacy layer in crypto. Like everyone's using it for like different types of things that has value to them, whether it's, you know, um, a company or a hedge fund because they they want to re- they want to hide their transactions off the chain for for the f- whatever quarter it's in and then they can also at the end of the course show everyone like hey this is what we invested in and say secret becomes something huge you know it's like dude you don't think the first og uh 580 collections not going to be worth a ton like it could be worth <laughs> it could be worth whatever you know what i mean like it's crazy so i'm not selling that one there's definitely some other ones that i'm just not going to sell it's like you know it's whatever so yeah, that kind of look at that as a point, but th- those are all good points for sure. And then we got, we got Chad, you want to add something to that? Oh yeah. I just wanted to make sure like, I'm not, I did not want people to think that I was throwing meta rats under the bus. Um, I personally think that they could be building like crazy, like, like rats right now. They could be building away and me not know about it. Cause I'm, I'm kind of busy doing other stuff, but um, I think me personally, I love, the marketability of MetaRats, the marketability of the name. Um, I think it's probably one of the most marketable 
communities and names that you can get. A lot of people didn't like that. They're like, oh, I don't want to be a rat or I don't want to buy a rat. But if you think about like rats, kind of like they they don't stop everywhere. They're extremely smart. Um, they kind of run the city. Uh, you know, like just like little attributes of like rats and the fact that it's a meta rat. You could have like any company can come in and say, like, I would love for meta rats to be my my advertiser and in the metaverse, right? And so and then that's an extremely easy like they didn't have to do any work. Say all meta rats are below floor price because people thought they were junk. And then a company comes in, scoops two thousand of them or a thousand of them, and now the floor price is like I mean, you, you, you do the you do the math on this and it becomes a really speculative thing but that's where i try to do the research on the teams and uh you know when as they're coming out i try to jump into the spaces and listen to the the creators and the, and how they created it the thoughts behind it um like that's one of the big things that i love about uh bad kids um something some that stood out about me about it to me was the development behind the thought process there wasn't like you couldn't there was no sense of we're 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 gonna make some money out of this you never caught that in their voice um and so like that's a huge huge thing for me um but i don't you know it's hard to tell who's in it for the money and i love money i'm literally obsessed with money and i think i'm gonna uh you know i'm a billionaire in my mind because i'm gonna help change the world and change a billion people's lives but it's not at the expense of people. And so, you know, it's people first and then money. Um, so having said, I love rats. Um, I think they're going to do big, big things if they, if they're still working. Um, if anyone has an update, I would love to get that as well, actually. And love the Anon team, love the secret network and love all of the community stargaze, Omniflix. Pylons, if you've not checked out Pylons, I would highly suggest. Um, big project coming out. They've been working in stealth. Uh, really, not really in stealth, but you know, when people are quiet in the space, it's pretty, I used to call it in stealth, and they've been building very hard. And it's one of the projects to look out for. Um, yes, that right. and, uh, and as well, it's a augmented reality. I uh, found these like probably half a year ago, and I started researching them. Um, and yep. just like a, I'm not plugging them, but I am like involved in sentence. Like I try to make content for them, but I'm not like, a, I'm not like on the team trying to get you guys to buy tokens. I'm just like super excited about the project. Yeah. And speaking of pylons, we got Michael. What's up, Michael? What's up? What up? Uh, how are you doing? It's been, yeah. it's been a few weeks. Yeah. Um, this week, I mean, I want to give you, a, I, I want to give you a little pylons update. It's like, um, you know, it's a little bit of a hint of what's, of what's on the way. Um, so the big, the big thing that you're going to hear a day early, cause this will be in my email tomorrow is that we got approved to do a reg CF crowdfund on Republic. So, um, we're going to be doing a, we're going to be doing like a, a regular crowdfund where you can like regular people can like buy some equity in the company. And it's sort of like, um, you know, I've, I've been really tr- struggling to find a way to like open this up to, to community investment without launching a token because like I'm 
the 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 nature of the company I'm trying to build is really really vulnerable to like the SEC getting upset, so I can't do anything they won't like. And so you know the Reg CF crowdfund is going to be. I'm excited about that. And then we um, we had our first revenue last week. Um, we launched a feature where you can buy the the game currency tokens on the app store and you can buy art with it. So you can buy art through in-app purchases now. Um, and so the art is on the blockchain. It's in your blockchain wallet, but you can buy it um, with an in-app purchase on the app stores. And uh, the, the communication between the app store and the chain is like direct. We don't like mediate it. Um, like the, we like built a system where you're like, your, your pylons app can like get the receipt from Apple and submit it to the chain and the chain validates it. So I'm, I'm so stoked about this technology. I've been like dreaming about building this for years and like we finally built it. And uh, yeah, I made a video of like this like Burning Man crew with their like propane powered like ceiling heater in their tent. And I put it up for $2 and a couple people bought it. So, you know, and there aren't even people I know. So we like made real actual legit revenue this week. Um, yeah. And we just have like a whole bunch of other features come in, but that's like, that's what I'm most excited about is those two things is that like you can, the app store purchasing is really actually live and, um, and the crowdfund is coming. That's the pylons update. Nice, man. It's awesome to hear that. Congrats. Thank you. I'm looking forward to all of this, man. It's so cool. Cause like it, we're not even at the like precipice of what NFTs and all that can be. And it's going to be the future, like with everything, you know, especially as younger and uh, younger and younger people, you know, get older, so to speak. Like it's these kids now, there's kids that have been kind of in, in, in game currencies for years. You know, they're already kind of, I don't want to say indoctrinated, but they kind of are with uh, like crypto, you know, the, the, the most biggest famous game, pretty much in the last like 10 years has been pretty, uh, you know, there's been a couple of them. I always say this is the only one, but like Fortnite, you know, they had V bucks and like, they're kind of used to end game currencies and there's going to be all these different play to earn games. And it's going to be involved with crypto. And, you know, that's going to be the next wave of, of uh, people coming into this space. It's going to be gamers and, and, you know, things that were um, an artist, obviously, but where they can have, um exposure to crypto and and it's it's seamless like like what you guys are doing with just like you, you're on your phone and i get in theory like they don't even have to really know that they're even using crypto but they are so it's kind of cool yeah exactly it's like it's just like oh i can buy this on my phone and i can like link it you know all the stuff that like what i saw on twitter like a couple of weeks ago where someone was like actually the like the thing that metamask is gonna be in a year is like um is just like a, a login system for the web where it's like, you know, even if no one's using ETH, people will be using MetaMask to like authenticate the websites. And it's like, I don't know, it's like kind of like that, where it's like, oh, you have this Pylons account and you can like own your stuff on this game with it. And you don't have to know that it's like blockchain powered. It's just like, you know, this like login system for your phone that you can like buy stuff with. And like this like in-game currency that goes between all the platforms. And I don't know, I... I you know, people who don't know me, like, you know, I've been in, I've been in crypto since 2013 and, and I've just been like driven to find a way to make it usable by normal people who aren't like, you know, investor types who aren't like, who aren't like really like interested in like the philosophy of like censorship resistance and just want to do stuff. And I've, so it's like really thrilling to me to be at a place where like regular people are like, oh, this is cool. And like my girlfriend's dad was like, "Oh yeah, I'll sell it. I'll I'll sell a photo on this," and like you know stuff like that. So it's a it's exciting time. 
Yeah, it's amazing to hear, man. Because that's what we always talk about, you know. Like, how do we make it easier for people to, to to interact with with crypto? Because, you know, not everyone has twelve hours a day every day to to do this. And even if you do, it's still kind of fragmented and kind of confusing. And if you do the wrong thing at the wrong time, you your tokens or, I mean, hell, I missed all the time. Full disclosure, not that long ago. I was like half out of it and I thought I was doing a mint on Solana and it drained my wallet, you know, because I interacted with a bad, bad actor, a bad smart contract that basically had the code to just drain whatever sold that I had in my wallet, you know, and I'm doing this stuff all the time. That's why I prefer to just stick with Cosmos because I'm really familiarized with everything about it. And as far as I know right now, there hasn't been any smart contracts that drain someone's wallet. I mean, it possibly could happen in the future, but it hasn't happened yet and um you know you just have to be careful in the space and and, and, you know people always hear all these hacks on television because you know they're never gonna pop that's just the news in general they don't put anything positive ever in the world ever but they're only gonna put all this negative stuff oh this this person got hacked and really no one really gets hacked it's just bad code or, or vulnerability with someone doing the wrong thing and then you know unfortunately the people that had their assets on this kind of bridge lose their assets. And it is unfortunate, but they're only going to put stuff on there like that. They're going to make it like, I was just talking to my mother yesterday. She was, she was talking about, um, I was talking about crypto. She's like, it seems like there's all kinds of, you know, she says that to me. I can't really deny it because there is kind of a lot of bad things that do happen, but um, that's the way every sort of new innovation ever was. I was, I think there was always some bad stuff that happened before the good happened. And it's, it's still true now. Like, you know, I always tell, tell people, but imagine if uh, Microsoft was always gatekeeping windows all those times, like windows would have never became what it was. And yeah, there's viruses, but that's why they patch it up and they fix it. And it's kind of the, in my opinion, it's the same premise. The only unfortunate part is we're kind of all casualties. You know, some people can be a casualty, which, you know, it's unfortunate, but that's why we're all kind of here because there's so much upside, you know, like that's why instead of you putting your money in your bank and getting a half a percent and losing money because of inflation, you you invest in higher risky assets like crypto because you can possibly change your life, you know, so it is what it is. But I'm excited for what you guys got going on. And um, so what has is anyone building yet, like a, a game or anything? So we're building a demo game. Um, you know, it turns out that building a blockchain gaming like platform is really, really hard. And so we have this this uh, woman I've been working with for a long time, and she's like a gamer. And you know, we met each other in a gaming internet forum twenty years ago, and um, and she's been building this game. Basically, she will start building a game, and then we'll be like, okay, here's what's wrong with the SDK, and then we'll fix the SDK, and we'll go build another game. Like, okay, here's what's wrong with the SDK. So, you know, we have a we have this um, game now that you can play if you like want to play a command line game written in Go and uh, it's it's getting there. You know, I don't know. I, there will be games. And, you know, I think we're probably like two weeks from being able to be like, OK, come build a game. That's that's sort of the, the state of that. So I know we had you on it before. What is the reason why? people choose like the, what's the pros of choosing cosmos sdk for people out there that maybe not knows because i actually today had a lot of different people that came on the show that really aren't familiarized with cosmos yeah so cosmos sdk i mean like you know people don't not everybody knows that polygon is built with cosmos sdk um 
So, you know, it's a very like powerful tool for building blockchains. Um, it, it lets you, basically it gives you a consensus engine that sort of, you know, has a general system for nodes to like validate what happened and then sort of hands it over to you and says like, you define your transaction set, you define your rules about what gets included. You know, this is just like, it's a consensus engine. It's like, a, you know, and it's like a communication platform, but it doesn't sort of tell you what the like data structure has to actually do. So um, it's just really, really powerful. If you want to do something that's hard on an existing chain, you know, um, then you can do this. So I had a couple things I wanted to do. Like I wanted to build something really, really fast. that was like Turing incomplete so that I could turn off gas fees completely and have the chain run on um, commission. And those are things that you just cannot do in any sort of like by just running it on an existing blockchain. And so um, I had to build my own thing and Cosmos SDK, if you really need to build your own thing is, is the way to go. Yeah, I mean, I don't think people realize that outside the space. I mean, some people, maybe even in the, in Cosmos, don't even realize that. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what the power of, of Cosmos is. Like the, you know, the app chain scalability. Like you're saying, there are some things in life, in crypto, and blockchain that you can't have built on top of something. You need your own, you know, you need your own uh, chain. You need your own planet or whatever you want to call it for you to do what you need to do and that's what's so fascinating on a technological side for me is that you know there's this blueprint that you can use but you can also alter the blueprint to 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 do what you want which is like amazing like people don't get that that's not out there anywhere else you know there's a reason why ethereum the only way they could scale ethereum is they, they use ten you know they're using tendermint like it's just it's just a fact and, and it's crazy like I don't know. I, I know we're in this space, but it's just so fascinating. When I do these shows and I kind of hop on and I, and I know a decent amount of people in the space now, they're outside of Cosmos. So they'll allow me to come up and or ha have me co-host a show with them. And, you know, I'm talking to all these people and they just have no clue about like interoperability. It's like kind of like a cute word, you know, people hear about it or like, understand what that word technically means, but they don't ever ask themselves like how does that work or why does it work or how will it work in the future and there's you know in my opinion like cosmos is the only one that's kind of basically from day one has that's all they focused on and it's not like a i guess from an investment standpoint or um the the trend or the now it's not like that like sexy thing that people are going to gravitate to but when i do these shows and and just listen to the, the things that are going on the, and, and I'm not trying to just shill Cosmos, but I find the, the chat about the tech and like these other chains outside of it aren't necessarily about the tech, you know? And I don't know, like that's just kind of my my vibe with it. I mean, there's a couple, like I like Kadena and Kadena, Kadena the, the, the communities are really passionate about technology too. And they talk about tech. And I guess like talking about tech can get kind of dry at times, but I mean, someone has to talk about it and understand it. And that's kind of how I found Cosmos is that I kept asking myself questions. And I think if you're in this space, you're, you know, maybe one day in the future, people will find out about other chains. I don't know, but I know I did. And, you know, it was Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, XRP, BNB, you know, like all, all the bigger guys. And then if you keep asking yourself questions about their limitations and, and what, what's their, their pitfalls, 
then you're going to find Cosmos. Like, that's just a fact. And it's not me trying to shill Cosmos. It's just, it's just a fact. Um, it's I just, say, you know, it's, Cosmos doesn't have a, like, shilling foundation, right? There's no, like, sh- Cosmos shill central. Every other chain has, like, a company whose job is the chain. And Cosmos doesn't have that. It sort of started out with, with these two entities, the ICF and um, All in Bits it's slash Tendermint. And then the, the founders of those two entities had a fight. And now there's like not really this like centralized coordination and how people talk about the ecosystem. So it really is like, you know, you have to find it, right? Every other, every other blockchain is out there screaming at you to come look at it. And Cosmos, you know, we don't have the marketing arm anymore. It fell apart. And so, I mean, we're trying to put it back together, but it's not at the same level. I have like, no one has like a billion dollars, you know? And so we're just like, you have to find it. And cause all we can do is really just sort of like build and we talk a little, but yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think it's really strong. I think like, you know, you know, uh, uh, Stargaze Chad said it's pylons was a stealth project and, you know, I, we're not exactly a stealth project, but like sort of like, you know, Cosmos is not exactly a stealth blockchain either, right? Like I don't have a lot of like resources to spend on marketing and I don't want to market something that isn't like really, really ready and done, but like, that's not how it is with other blockchains. So, yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Um, Tor was on the show. I don't know, maybe like three weeks ago or four, maybe about a month ago, he just stopped by and we were, we were using that, perspective about marketing that there needs to be i don't know want to say the word coalition but there needs to just be more info out there because it is unfortunate it's like you're i don't want to say conned or duped but you're just like you get into crypto and a lot of people don't have the amount of time that a lot of us have and i personally I probably wouldn't even be here at this moment if, if, if COVID didn't happen. And that's the only reason I started to get to do the deep dive with Cosmos is when, when that happened, you know, I got involved with crypto right off the bat when, when COVID happened, that's kind of my journey with crypto. Like I had some exposure before, but I didn't do any research and I was just being, uh, just going with the mass, so to speak. And then like COVID happened, I started getting into it. But again, like I went to all the traditional because like usually the first point of, of emphasis for people that want to do this isn't going to be Twitter. So they're going to use like YouTube. And then when you go on YouTube, I mean, yeah, there are some people that are pretty good, like Cita is pretty good and all that, but I'm sure he's at the bottom totem pole of, of, if you just type in like crypto, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe he comes down 5,000 videos down or whatever, you know? And uh, so there's no way, like, I do think that we do need to get better and, and it's starting to grow like the, the, the YouTube part of it. Uh, but, you know, the, the best source when you're in crypto is obviously tele, uh, is Twitter. But a lot of people, they're not going to go to Twitter first. You know, like I didn't. I'm not going to lie. Like I got a Twitter after I got into crypto, like well after. I didn't even I didn't even have a Twitter. I don't even know if it was this time last year. I first got a Twitter and I didn't use it at all. And then I started following people in the space. And then once I got active in crypto or Twitter was about, I don't know, maybe after Thanksgiving last year or so, like it was around that time of the year. So I've only been in it for you know, not even a year really, but we do need better sources. And I know that's kind of like what I do. I mean, I don't try to show Cosmos, but I mean, I definitely do. I went, I went on this show one time and it was like all Polygon and AVAX people. And the guy asked me straight up, can you tell teach 
So people pause. I went on a, I went on a rant for about like 10 straight minutes without taking a breath. And I was just hitting them with all the facts. I, I use the same thing. Like a lot of you people like Polygon, but you don't know that it's built with Cosmos basically. And then I'm telling them why and that it's the only thing out there that's working specifically on infrastructure. And then I'm using these references like Ethereum's like this really cool old school like skyscraper and it starts to fall apart and they patch it up a little bit, but like, there's no way to get over to that skyscraper. And like, I'm just teaching them about like, just trying to use references like that, you know, just kind of make it layman terms and they start to understand it. And I remember when I was in Florida, I was teaching everybody about how it works by pulling up the IVC uh, network on MintScan and kind of showing them like that perspective, like, look, this is, these are all these different planets and think of them as like, all like a, a different sovereign blockchain. But, the difference is, is they can all send data to one another with with no permission and basically it works and it's and you know like i'm teaching them that and they're like wow that's fascinating but it's like not out there like on youtube like you have to be in this space you have to really want to know and i don't know if people have that much time you know to, to, to want to know all that and um, once you find it like i feel so confident if you use anything cosmos like i don't care what it is if it's osmosis or whatever it is like if once you use it once you're like wow you might be a little confused at first but you're like wow like that that's awesome and then you're going to stick around like i feel like no one's ever going to be like i left cosmos and went back to ethereum like to to do stuff on ethereum you know especially from the perspective of most people don't have a lot of money and you don't want to pay a bunch of money for, for to interact with a with a application and basically you know, using stuff on Cosmos is essentially free. I mean, some of them are. You were talking about what you guys are doing. It's just a commission and there's no gas fees. Osmosis technically doesn't have gas fees. And, and you know, the ones that do, like Juno has gas fees, but it's like a, a micro penny to do anything on there. You know, it's like, who can, you know, it's not a big deal. So. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's, it's a good space. You know, for me, it's like, this is my right. Like, like I'm, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to build a project. So it's easy for me to like put the time into being like, what is the thing I actually need? Um, but yeah, if you're like, you know, if you're just like, oh, like, you know, I want to, I want to be an investor. Like, what should I invest in? Then like, it's really hard. It's really hard to figure it out because there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of people who want, who want you to buy their thing that are out there trying to, trying to confuse you about what's <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, it is. I mean, I'm the prime example of it. You know, like I didn't have that much time. I didn't, I didn't. But like COVID happened, I, I got laid off. And at first I wasn't even like really digging into crypto. I was like, oh yeah, let, let me look into it. You know, I watched some freaking Bitcoin videos and my other showing you so hard, like a huge cult. And then I got uh, <laughs> Ada and I, you have Charles, like literally you can get lost with him, you know, you can, you, you can literally like jump off a, a bridge if, if you uh, keep listening to him too long, if he tells you to. And then uh, <laughs> like, you know, it's just all this stuff. So like, that's where I gravitate to. And I think it's human nature to do that. But then like myself, I just had the time. So I just kept asking questions like, Hey, uh, how can I, t how can I interact from this? I, I was at the time I was just considering a website. How can I, how can I interact with this website and that website? It doesn't do it. Like it doesn't work. Like what's, there's gotta be someone out there building this or else like, this is pointless as an investor. Like, why am I even going to invest my time and money into this? And then I found Cosmos like, oh yeah, shit. They're working on, on being able to be, the, that's what that means. Okay. What, what's Cosmos? And 
they, I started looking at that and I, you know, I kind of understood it, but once, um, osmosis launched is really when I completely went down the rabbit hole of just the, devoting all my time and finding like who Ethan Fry, like all these guys who Sonny is. And I'm like, shit, man, like these guys are brilliant and they're, actually working on it and it, it made sense to me so i think that made sense to me like investing into like i understood what why bitcoin it kind of by default was like sound money so i understood that but like these other things i just didn't understand it i'm like why, why what like it doesn't make any sense it just seems like it's it, it'd be like you having you go into like i was thinking to myself it'd be like you going into like a starbucks and you know they offer wi-fi but they have a certain device use it and some people are excluded from it you know it's like well what's the point of this shit like it's so fragmented i'm like that's not gonna work like no one's gonna use this i kept saying to myself no one's gonna use this like why would you even want to use crypto if like it you can only have it with this device or that device i'm like this doesn't even make any sense so like i invested a little bit and then i'm like nah but once i really started to understand cosmos and what they were doing and like how effortless and no friction there was and and actually it's decentralized and it's made for the average joe and that you know the average woman that has a little bit of spending cash that maybe wants to invest and that you know can actually maybe make some money but also like get the most bang for their buck i'm like okay this makes a lot of sense to me and then that's what i just you know went down that hole and i'm like this is sense to me that's all that's that's all i could say it's sense to me I, I agree with all of that. And then now I'm convinced, like, I mean, I could be wrong, but if crypto is ever going to be mass adopted, like we want it to be like, I just feel IBC has to be front and center of it, you know, because to me, it's just like, it's a solution. It is to me, it's really not like a competition. You know, yeah, I think that the chains out there, they should enable it, it makes no sense not to because it's like a huge network effect. But I look at it more of a, a necessary tool. Like it's like, you you know, if you're a carpenter or whatever, you have to have certain tools to be able to do your job. And and Cosmos as a as a developer and a you know crypto advocate and whatever, like Cosmos is like a tool for all these different chains. Like it just has to be for it to work. So, um, you know, not financial advice, but that's just why I devote all my time to this. And yeah, don't get me wrong, I still buy stuff outside of IBC. Um, I do. I think I think they're all gonna. <laughs> I'm just convinced they're all gonna enable IBC at some point. So it's like whatever. Maybe it takes them longer than I want them to, or others to. But I think they're going to do it. So, but yeah, Michael. Um, oh, sorry, the guy had his hand up. I didn't even get to him. But if anyone else wants to wants to drop by and say hello, we can probably get take the show for a little bit longer. But I appreciate you stopping by, Michael. Did you end up going to the uh, New York City one? The uh, NFT what was it the convention that was there not too long ago? Man, I got COVID. I got COVID like right that day. Ugh, dude, I had it too. I had to have it. Like I tested negative for it, but I had to have it when I went to Texas because I felt like shit for like a. I, I never get sick. I felt like crap for like a month, and I wasn't throwing up or anything, but I was getting the worst migraines of my life and just had a ear cough that would never go away i couldn't even do shows because i couldn't stop coughing you know it was like it just always had this no annoying cough and it to be honest with you it probably only went away about a week ago or so week and a half and and i was in texas the second week of june so it was like all of june all of july of just like annoying cough that would never go away it's it's not fun not fun <laughs> not at all it's not fun at all, for sure. But that's that's unfortunate because that's where you're at too. So you could have just 
whenever. But yeah, man, I don't, I don't blame you. I'll just be safe when you go. Like definitely, definitely uh, have hand sanitizer with you, especially if you're getting like Texas had food trucks and stuff. You know, I don't know how many hands I shook and shook and stuff. It's like just that one time I probably, you know forgot to clean my hands good enough and then i'm eating a freaking taco or something <laughs> that's probably how i got it so yeah i mean you know you can get it <laughs> it's not it's not fun man it's it was just the like i played football and sports and i had i had a couple concussions in my life it was legit like concussion symptoms my head hurts so bad it was like i got hit over the head with like a and, like a, a, a bat or something my head hurt so bad it felt like it was gonna explode like I, I couldn't even do, I, I had to take breaks. Like I'd be on my computer and then out of nowhere, my head would just start hurting so bad. I'm like, all right, dude, I got to go. Lay. I would go lay, lay in bed and just like put a washcloth on my head and try to fall asleep. It was like, I would never wish this on anyone. Like this is just not pleasant at all. And it had to be, it had to be COVID. Like it just had to be, there's no doubt. Like what the hell else could, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it probably was. There's a lot of, you know, the tests are not perfect. So, mm-hmm. so are you going to Medellin then? I think you said yes already. Yeah, that, that's definitely the plan. You've been there before, right? Um, yeah, I have been there before. Um, I, I have a friend that, that um, was there. Nice. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to go, to be honest with you. I want to, but... Um, I might just take a weekend off to of crypto and kind of do my own thing. I think my wife wants to go somewhere, so I don't know. Maybe I'll just go to the beach and just chill out and not think about crypto for a weekend. It's kind of hard to do, but it's kind of nice, too, at the, at the same token sometimes. It's worth a try. Yeah, man, because I, you know, it goes so hard in crypto, and it does, it does, it's unfortunate. Like, I, when I got sick, I took, I took a few days off, and so much shit happened. It's like, damn, man. Like you, then you got to get caught up. It just takes forever to get caught back up. I don't think you ever really do. But so, when do you think? Um, like, wh- how long do you think you expect to like a like an actual game is going to be on pylons? In your opinion, it's the hardest question because right, right. it's the hardest thing to build. Um, but you know, I feel good about September. I feel good about September. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be cool. Um, I don't play as many games on my phone anymore because I used to have to go to, uh, like com- commute to work, and it would take me like forty five minutes, and I'd be on the bus and stuff. So I would mess around on some uh, random app games on on Apple. But it, it's gonna be cool to be able to do something like that specifically for crypto. Be so uh, cool. I'm very excited to like have it out there. Yeah, it'd be so cool. That's awesome, man. So tell me about you. You mentioned about the, uh, like the community being able to invest in it. Like I think you you touched it, but you didn't. I I don't know if you can you go into more detail about that. Um, can I go into more detail about that? So there's there's a crowdfunding platform called Republic. They do what's called a Reg CF raise, um, and uh, you know, that's that's. I'm I'm trying to be careful because they were like they told me to be careful about what I say until like a later slightly later phase. But there's this concept of a Reg CF crowdfund, and um, it means that regular people who are not accredited investors can invest in the company. 
And uh, that's what we um, that's what we got approved to do. So um, and that's going to happen, you know, soon, I hope. Um, and, you know, we're going to we're going to basically go out there. We're going to be on Twitter. We're going to show off what we have. We're going to show off some art and we're going to be like, you know, this is this is a company. It's not a token. Um, you know, the SEC likes people to sell companies. It doesn't like people to sell tokens. So that's what we're doing. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, and buy it if you think we have a cool project. So that's going to happen, like, you know, uh, hopefully really soon. I don't know. I'm sorry that was so vague. I'm just I'm not yeah, sure. What... I, I get it. I actually got more. I got more detail out of that. I was just kind of thinking about something. Yeah, the whole the whole uh, not to go kind of down that rabbit hole, but like the whole unclarity of, of what those guys are doing over there. It just I don't I, I don't know. Like I'm I, I that's what I do for kind of a living is like I'm really invested into like the financial space and roles and regulations. And it's it's just such a joke. Like they they don't they could just do whatever they want and they they don't you know like i like ethereum did clearly did an ico and nothing ever happened about it you know and i, yeah. I like, that's like why i i mean i hate i don't try to be a conspiracy theorist or anything but i really feel like they're they're that's like the chosen one it's like ethereum right like i they must have a lot of hands in the cookie jar with them because they just don't care what they do they never did and it, it's like I don't know. Like, I, maybe they're like real cool with the foundation, and, and they're like, I don't know. You know how stuff works in real life, but I just, I don't know. It just seems weird. It's like anything that's like competition or could do something, they just like look for ways to like go after them, and like they should just be out. They should just butt out of everything, in my opinion. Like, just let it go. Like they're, you know, just like all the rules. It's like they want they want to make money from it, but then they don't want to help anyone either. And it's just, it's really discouraging. And I think crypto would be a lot further along if, if there would actually just have some sort of clarity, like, okay, this is what you can and can't do. And even with them, like, I think they're even overstepping of what they're actually meant for. Like, I don't even think they're meant for this space. Like what their actual rules and regulations of, of their job requirements, it really, in my opinion, shouldn't even have to do with, with uh, crypto. Like what they're actually trying to do, so it's 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 hard. I don't like I want to go into it with them, but I don't know. <laughs> like the fact that they allow that that I don't know if you heard about that BITI fund where you can like short the hell out of like Bitcoin that they allow like that they're they're okay with that. But then like the whole fact of being able to to have stuff like that is always fascinating to me. It's like you're you're rewarding people to to basically short things. Like, how is that even, I don't even know how that's even possible, but I agree with it. Yeah, You know, the SEC believes that having a short side in a market is important for the health of the market, because otherwise you wind up with something like Luna, which like you couldn't effectively short. And so, you know, until you could, and then suddenly everyone lost all their money. Um, the other side of it is that like the thing about Ethereum, now I have like a, you know, I, I try to I try to take people at their word as like sort of their initial come you know place to start. The SEC does not like to enforce against projects that didn't hurt anyone, where no one lost their money. Right? Everyone who participated in the ICO did in the Ethereum ICO did super super well. So the SEC isn't going to bring an enforcement action because there isn't anyone who got hurt. And so like you look like an asshole in court trying to be like you should you know put vitalik in jail for making like these people a shit ton of money in a way that we didn't authorize like you know 
everyone is like, you shouldn't do that. And the SEC, like, also, I think, knows they shouldn't do that, and they're not going to do that. And they're going to bring enforcement actions against people who break the rules, and then people lose money. Right? And then everyone's mad, and then the SEC brings an action, and everyone's like, all right, yeah, well, fuck them. And so, like, you know, that's, that's sort of how I feel about why the Ethereum ICO isn't going to get enforced against, but, like, you still shouldn't do one. So they just make it impossible for anyone else to do it, though, you know? Like, what happens yeah, if Cosmos is like, look, like Adam or something, we're going to do an ICO. I'm just using hypotheticals. And they did do an ICO. Yeah. And did. no one's going to no get in trouble for the Cosmos ICO either because everyone who put it in, it was like at a, you know, 20 cents or something. So, like, everyone did great. And so there's no one who got hurt. But, like, you know, on the other hand, like, you do an ICO and, and you know, the token doesn't come out or, you know, whatever. And it and it fails, and some then suddenly it's like, hey, you did an unregistered sale of securities. So I don't know. I mean, I just think it's really just like it's it's like they don't. I don't think they have this intention to like protect the Ethereum Foundation, but I think that like they don't like to bring enforcement actions that that you know aren't a slam dunk, and an enforcement action against Ethereum is not a slam dunk. So you know, like if you can build an ICO where like. You know, you're sure that, you know, that the SEC will be like, ah, oh, you know, if you're sure you're going to win and all your investors are going to do great and like you are like, you know, you're going to be a hero. The SEC probably won't enforce against you because like, you know, they'll look stupid and they will get, you know, Congress will be like, why are you doing this? Like, you know, all this great stuff happened and you're interfering. And so, you know, but if you try that, but you don't succeed and people do lose their money, even though you did your best you still might get wrecked because that's what the SEC is sort of out there to say. It's like, well, here are the rules you have to follow if you want to like sell securities to people and have them invest in your project. And crypto is like, well, we don't want to do that. And the SEC is like, you probably should. And then like, that's sort of where the conversation stands right now. And the SEC is just like, well, you probably, you probably should follow the rules. We think you should, you know? Okay. Well, yeah. what are you going to do? What, what is your, cause I, I, I respect your, yeah, your, your output. What, what do you think that, um, how do you feel about like them go, people going after like the people that created Tornado Cash? So we don't know what those people did beyond create Tornado Cash. I think uh, again, like I tend to take people at their word. My suspicion is that like it's going to turn out that those people also like facilitated actual like criminals moving money through Tornado Cash. Who's, who they knew who they were and they were helping them use tornado cash, right? This is this comes out of like, you know, Charlie Shrem went to prison, right? He didn't go to prison for running BitInstant. He went to prison for helping someone he knew was a drug dealer use BitInstant with a fake email address, right? So like, okay, um, I, I don't know. And I, I'm definitely not going to like, I wouldn't like put a big bet on like what that guy actually did and may just develop tornado cash, but like they said, my 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 impression is they said he did more than that, and I would not be surprised if he did more than that because as someone who has a project who I want to succeed, anytime someone wants to use my project, I'm just like, yes, let me help you. How can I help you? Right. So yeah, that's true. Like it's hard not to. Oh, oh, someone didn't like what I said. I think. Um, <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> Seems like he's gonna. I just removed them. It seemed like he's gonna play around. <laughs> I don't even know who that is. But um, yeah. I mean, I yeah, I get what you mean. It's like 
it's hard to to have do that and not have an idea. Maybe this person's a bad actor and not. I just hope that it, nothing did, because I've talked to some people and they they said that they think that the people behind Tornado Cash were very genuine and they weren't making money off of it. Really, it was just like they were just using it as a as a privacy solution. That, so I don't know. That may turn out to be true. That may turn out to be true, and then you know, then I think there'll be some backlash. Um, it would be it would be like right if I'm the far as actor, like say the hackers that. They did the osmosis uh, smart contract, and then they they took all that all that funding, and then they threw it into secret, and they wrapped it, and then one day they try to they get caught or whatever, and it would be like them going after secret that like tour and those guys for for basically building it. Like no, I mean, I don't know. I I get so to the no. And the other thing I want, so I put this meme on my Twitter yesterday. Which is like one of those mid mid meme. I like Googled for midwit meme generator and I like made one of these things. And it's like, you know, it's like the guy with like the caved in skull being like, uh, I guess I won't use Tornado Cash, right? And then the midwit's like, this is a, this is a major attack on like crypto and like the freedom of, you know, the ability to write code and we all need to band together and rise up and fight the oppressor. And then like Jedi guy's like, okay, I just don't use Tornado Cash. Right. Because like we can build 10 more privacy solutions in the amount of time that it takes them to like organize and execute the kind of action that was taken against Tornado Cash. There's just like, you know, the like if, if you really are a cypherpunk and you believe it's unstoppable, like it's not unstoppable because like any given person can't go to prison. Right. That's not the point. The point is like, you know, you can't in the end, like. There'll be there'll be other solutions that come up. People will try to do things that are more legal. People will try to do things that are harder to find out who they are, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to like, you know, so like if you if you really believe in this, then like this isn't this is like not something to get worked up about. Basically, I think that getting worked up about this is a little silly. I think there's like not a lot happening here. Probably there was someone who like actively thought he was helping North Korea or something and like, like in the, in the end, a major news item to me. Like, I just don't think it matters very much. Go ahead, Avid. Oh, I thought they raised their hand. Never mind. Yeah, man, I, I don't know. I, I just think, you know, I do believe that privacy is huge. Like, I, I hate, um, the, you know, the fact that people get, they just, they get taken advantage of, you know, um, just in Web 2. Like, they just take advantage of so many people. And it's it's almost like they these web twos like like spy on you and then you get to make all kind of money off of you and it's just like really not fair. So I I I believe in you know privacy is a human right and then if people want to use uh, tornado cash like they should be able to. Now I don't suggest doing it because of nefarious activity, but the fact that you don't want everyone to see your every moment of of your of what you're doing, you know, is is kind of your right, you know. So like that's kind of why I like secret for different things so but, but like look i mean like there are nation states right and and those nation states have armies and like you know fight each other and if north korea is using tornado cash to like move large amounts of money and the united states says like hey like as a military matter we're shutting this down and then you like go use it anyway like don't you're don't you know don't pull a knife on the big boys right like that isn't it's just like not smart like don't like don't put yourself between 
like Kim Jong-un and Joe Biden. Like that, you don't need to be a part of that, like of that dynamic. Go do something else. Yeah, I agree with that. There's always going to be, I just feel like human nature, there's always going to be, be something out there that can, like one or two or three bad actors can ruin for the rest of us. You know, it's like, it's always been that way. You used to be able to go on a flight and, and it, you go through the airport and it didn't feel like a freaking concentration camp. You know, like, like flying is like, to me, is like the, one of the most uncomfortable things. Like, I just want to get on the flight. You know, it's like so uncomfortable. You have to take your shoes off. You got to do all this shit. Like, I just want to get on. Like, back in the day, people used to freaking smoke cigarettes on the freaking airplane. You know, like, it's just, you, know, you have a couple I, bad actors. They ruin it for everyone. I think that's going to be like how crypto is, too. I, you know, part of the reason I started pylons is I want to have my own plane. I got a pilot's license. You know, I went and got a pilot's license. And it's all because of, like, the TSA. I'm just like, I hate this. I'm going to find a way to get my own plane. I just don't like this. Like, which is, okay, a little bit, a little bit sociopathic or something. I don't know. It's like not my not my finest hour as like a citizen of the world, but like, yeah, I hate it. And you know, it, I don't know. I mean, that's like such a huge conversation about like how much, how much real threat there even is there. But like, you just have to, you just like, don't, yeah. Like don't, you know, it's really easy uh, to catastrophize, right? It's really easy to look at the thing that's right in front of you that people are talking about right now and think it's super, super important. And almost all the time, the thing that's right in front of you that everyone's talking about actually doesn't matter. Like almost all the time, that thing doesn't matter. And so like, you know, relax, chill out and take it slow, figure out what does matter and keep paying attention to that. And, you know, if that's building, do that. And if that's like investing, do that. And then, you know, hopefully that's your family. So like do that. But like, I mean, don't, don't freak out just because like the, just because the professional yellers want you to freak out. Yeah, I agree with that. I tell people that about the media. You know, the reason I don't ever really watch the, the news ever is because they want to make like every real problem your personal problem. And I just don't have time for that. You know, it's like life's too short. I'm not trying to. I mean, yeah, there's going to be bad stuff, but they don't ever put the good stuff on there. You know, like there's so many more good people on, on planet Earth than bad people, but <laughs> they're just going to put those bad people on there, you know. And um, yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, I was just bringing up as a conversational point. It's kind of fascinating to know that like these solutions exist. And, you know, I, I love crypto. It's like, it's just so unknown and there's going to be so much that evolves. And I'm just looking forward to all this, man. Like just a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, because I don't see it going backwards, you know, like a lot of people get worried about it. And uh, I just see, just keep chugging along. You know, there's going to be a lot of bumps and, bruises along the way but you just got to keep yourself in the game if, if you believe in crypto long term and be smart and that we're just talking about investing i think everyone out there should kind of have some sort of goals you know i got sidetracked i always preach this I've, I've been investing my whole life but to have goals you know like hey like hey you know i, I want this token i want to get x amount of these and once you get to that certain threshold do you want to keep getting you want to keep compounding it do you want to give for something else hey if the token price goes up to this amount do i want to sell a little bit have have goals because you know i firmly believe another bear uh, will eventually come and you can't have that euphoria of like hey it's going to go to this and then you get you get super wrecked and just try to keep yourself in the game you know as long as you can and um you know have goals i don't think a lot of people in this space 
just from my observation and speaking with people and having DMs and helping out with different things, I think a lot of people just do this stuff blindly and have no like long-term vision of what they want to do, you know, as an investor standpoint, like you need to, like, this is the worst space ever to not have any sort of like parameters that you have in your mindset of what you're trying to accomplish Uh, in the real world with traditional finance, since it's so big, I mean, you can kind of blindly do some things. If you're like, Hey, you know, like I like Apple or I like Google or Amazon or whatever, I think it's going to be around forever. I mean, you could just throw money at it and just forget about it. You know, you'll probably be okay. But in crypto, like you can't have that mindset. You need to be, you know, you need to be taking care of yourself. You need to, it's not how much you can make. It's like, in my opinion, it should be like how much or how little can you lose and, and um, making smart decisions and then, and having goals. Like if you have goals and then you hit those goals or those thresholds and what your emotional bias is of what you're trying to accomplish and you write it down and keep yourself accountable during those emotional times, whether it's up or down or whatever, uh, personal stuff you're dealing with, you'll make better decisions in the long term. So that's my advice in this space. I don't think a lot of people really talk about that. Uh, you know, you're never really supposed to make any decision, like prudent decision in life emotionally. And this space is very emotional, regardless of how well put you are or sound you are. Like this thing is nuts, you know, like we're all kind of nuts in a, in a way. So like it's stuff changes all the time and you don't want to make rash decisions with being like emotional. So that's kind of like just my little rant right there since you're talking about investing. Great. Yeah, man. Cause you know how it is, man. Like we're all emotional. Like humans are just emotional creatures. So you don't want to make decisions in life being emotional. Cause a lot of times you're going to make a bad decision that you're going to regret. And the way to kind of regret to kind of avoid that is to to have a, a and you, like you can use sports, right? Like a team studies the other team for however long they study them, and they have a game plan. They don't just go play the other team like in football without knowing like their weaknesses, their strengths, and all that type of stuff. That's why they, you know the the co- the head coach doesn't sleep. Basically, he studies that, and at least if they lose, uh, it, they he can he can fault. You know, maybe the game plan wasn't right, as opposed to just going in blindly. Then you just feel like an idiot because it's like you weren't even prepared for any of this stuff and. I, I just think for sure in this space, maybe because it's a little bit of a younger, younger crowd for the most part, it's just there's no game plan. And a lot of this stuff in high school or even in college, like financial, financial um, instruments and ways to kind of to mitigate losses and, and grow your, your net worth and stuff like that. And this is it's a lot of it's just human emotion and psychology. So. But if anyone yeah, else wants the, to do- the other thing to remember just about that is like if you're trading, like remember that like this is PvP, right? Like there's a lot of stuff in blockchain where we're all building, we're all trying to like make things better for everyone. But like that's not what trading tokens is. Like trading tokens is PvP. And like, you know, there's a loser on on half of every trade is is someone losing. So like, you know. Are you, is that really what you want? Like, is that are you? Is that what you're like looking to to be part of? Because like that's what that is, right? You, you don't have to do it. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I always have a long term goal with everything. Uh, I just think like a solid goal 
is, you know, learn, learning obviously who the team is, what they're trying to accomplish, and, and obviously being patient because this is all tech, new technology, but have a goal, you know, like I always look at the total max supply ever, and then I kind of just do some rough math. And I, I have like different accumulation set points that I want for whatever particular token, whether it's Osmo, Juno, Adam, or whatever it is. And then once I hit those goals, I kind of reevaluate. Am I just going to keep compounding now? Am I going to take some money and throw it back in? Or I, I, do I want to go get this other token? And then what I do with that too is, you know, I, I do like future values of particular tokens. It's like, hey, I think, you know, um, you know, you know, next couple of years might go up to $30 or $40. What am I going to do when it happens? Am I just going to sit there and, and not take any profits? Am I going to, you know, I, I don't know how anyone could do short term. Like I'm convinced that people that do short term trading in this space, I, I find it hard to believe that there's many people out there actually making money doing it. I'm sure some people can say they are, but you know, like I look at people's TAs and stuff from time to time and like rarely does any of it come true um what they're what they're predicting cuz it's just it's such a irrational space you know and just um i i don't know i, I personally don't trade for term trading i just try to look for values that i like and if something like when juno went down to basically like 2 dollars i'm like yeah i think it's time for me to kind of load up here cuz i believe in it i think it could be could be you know, so many things like a launch pad with, with, with all the different smart contracts and, and people can come over and deploy their application, their DAP on it or whatever. I'm like, I think it's, this is a great value. So I'm loading up on it. I didn't, I don't care if it went from two to what it is at, at $6 an hour, over $6. Like, yeah, I guess I could have 3X my money, actually even more if you're, if you're compounding or um, compounding and all that. But it's like, I believe it's a long-term play, so I'm not worried about taking some profits right now. Maybe someone is. They're just in it to make some quick cash. I don't know. But um, I just I, – I, I can't I can't predict the market. I don't have the time and effort to do it. To me, I, I think you would just go mentally insane trying to predict price points in, in the short term for sure. Like I just don't have the capacity to do stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was good. That's all. Like Oz, like people, they're, they're talking about the Osmotonomics and like I'm long on Osmo, you know, and like, yeah, it's unfortunate the price went down to what it is. But I say anything with Osmo, like it went down under a dollar. I'm like, yeah, this is a really good value right now. I'm going to load up some more, you know, I'm, I'm long on it. Like I'm long on most of these Cosmos assets. Like I'm in the space to be and it's for a long run. So, you know, even when I started with like stock investing, you know, when I was able to start investing, like I got into Amazon and Google and all those guys early on. And I'm like, I'm long on this. Like, I'm just buying this for a long haul. And I just don't even look at the price. You know, I don't even know what the stock price is right now. I don't even care. I just think they're going to be around. So it's like, whatever. And I think, you know, Adam and a lot of these tokens are going to be around. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just, you know, I don't get too necessarily worried about the prices. It's not like I'm on CoinGecko every day looking at prices. You know, kind of right now I do a little bit longer or more because of we are in the bear market and you could you may find some really, really good deals. And technically, as an investor standpoint, this is when you actually really do make your money in the long run is it's finding stuff on, on bargains, you know, so. So, so like is uh, I was going to ask you one more question about like the funding. Is there like any sort of minimum thresholds that you think you're going to have or it could be like anything? Um, 
I don't know the details. Um, I think that like Republic tends to tends to generally most investments are in like the sort of few hundred dollars scale. That's I think what the platform usually sort of wants people to do. Okay. Yeah. I've, I personally, I've never used it before, so I'll be interested in that. And then like for that part of it, since you're not doing a token, uh, is it like you just get like commissions off the fees? Is that how it's going to work? Like I'm, I'm confused, a little bit confused. Yeah, so, I mean, there is a token, but we aren't selling it in this round. Um, so, you know, and, and we are talking, we, we want to make sure that we like, don't do anything problematic. So like, you know, I actually have a lawyer, I have a full-time lawyer. Um, so there, you know, we, at some point we do want to be selling the token. We may never, it may be a long time before we can sell the token to the general public. Um, so I wouldn't, you know, uh, we're definitely not selling the token to the general public anytime soon. Um, the, the system does use a token to collect commission on all the transactions and then it pays out to the holders of that token. But, you know, those holders are sort of like the early investors of, of pylons, like the, you know, the like professional investors and, and friends and family who like sort of were around a year ago. Um, and most of those tokens are held by the company. So the network, the pylons blockchain collects the commission into this token. The token is held by the company and the company is what's going to go up for sale on Republic. If that helps clarify. Yeah, it definitely does. So it's more like a real life structured business. So I like that. Yes, it is definitely more like a real life structure business. I feel. I feel I've been. I've been. Yeah, I've been digging into more more things like that. I don't know if you know what like Source Protocol is, but that's kind of like how their their structure and everything too. So, uh, you know, there's there's. A, I think that's kind of the wave of things too. Like I think it's even when it comes to like airdrops. I know like t- people don't want to hear it, but I kind of like the vested periods. I, I, I personally think it's more sustainable because I, I always view like airdrops as just a, a market ploy to gain someone's attention. And it's a form of marketing, in my opinion. And I like the I like the vested schedules. I think it's more sustainable, especially during like the market times like right now, how it's kind of like bearish. Uh, you know, you don't want to give an airdrop out and then it's everyone just dumps it because they need some cash right now. I kind of like the vested schedules. I know like people got on asset mantle shit about it. And I, I just, I think it's more of a, a realistic model. just kind of doing like vested schedules with the airdrops again of it. And hell, even if you get all, like, I even kind of like the fact, like I was looking into Ethan Fry's the window and, and I think they're going to do like, um, the, the airdrop will be just you'll get it but it's all vested and then you know how, how however long the windows the windows are for it and then it's but you can still earn apr on those tokens it's just not a tradable token or whatever i kind of like that model too yeah that's good I, I, yeah i mean airdrops i mean airdrops are definitely a marketing thing it's like paying for your attention um that's just definitely what they are and you know at one point we thought we would do one and we talked about what it would take we still could do one. I mean, but it wouldn't be like an airdrop. It would be like a, you know, a quest drop. It would be like you got some bedrock tokens for, for minting art. You get some bedrock tokens for buying art. You get bedrock tokens for playing a game. You get bedrock tokens for developing a game, like whatever, right? Like, um, you know, we wouldn't give them away for free. Um, but I mean, that's a marketing thing, right? That's what that is. It's like saying like, Hey, like try this out, right? We'll give you, we'll give you a piece of the, 
we'll give you a little bit of like our of our revenue stream if you like you know try it out see if you like it and if you like it then you'll value the tokens and you'll um you know develop a game or whatever it is so i mean that's you know and all that money all the money for airdrop comes from these vcs right it just is part of the vc marketing budget for like a big chain yeah i i i you know it's completely like taking money from VCs is like a completely valid way to like live in this world. Anyone who tells you don't sell your airdrops is like completely wrong. You know, some VC like funded this company, put a whole bunch of money behind market making this airdrop and you are allowed to take money and walk away. Like you were allowed to take, you know, back when Uber was like half the price of like actually operating a car. Like it's totally fine. Just like take the free ride and like walk away and like, you know, let the Saudis pay for your car. Like it's fine. So, you know, if you get an airdrop, like you probably your default should be like sell this. Right. In fact, like sometimes I tell people, um, you know, I don't have to do this myself, so maybe I should shut up about it. But I tell people like sell the whole airdrop and then decide if you want to buy it back. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a strategy. I don't know that recently with some of the airdrops i kind of been doing that and i look for like a lower point like even if it's something i really believe in i'm like all right well i think it's going to have a lot of sell pressure right now so i'd rather try to i don't want to say time say time it perfect but i'm going to time it more at the bottom and and buy it and i mean there's been times too i believe in the project i'm like whatever who gives a shit like if the aprs are kind of high i'm going to just stake it and then just keep compounding that because like i look at that like basically you're getting more pieces to the business you're owning more pieces of it at a later time so you know. yeah and that's, that's great but like if somebody gives you a thousand dollars and then says like oh you should hang on to this because it might be worth a thousand dollars it's a thousand dollars thank you like it's okay just like take the thousand dollars and walk away like do it fine. yeah it, it completely is fine because in order for you to get that, you usually you usually have to put up your money anyway. So it's like you're you know you're putting up your money, and this is a part of the whole equation. It's like you put up whatever you're putting up thousands of dollars on Adam or Osmo or whatever, and you're getting rewarded for it. And it's up to you what what you want to do with it, you know. So yeah, it's it's definitely both ways. I do get annoyed when people tell people how how they should do things. You know, like I, I mean, it's everyone different, and that's the other thing. We're talking about up um, and let crypto talk is, uh, you know, w- don't ever um, compare yourself to someone else. You should never do that in life in general because we're all different and we all have different financial wherewithals, finance, fi- uh, family wherewithals, whatever. Like everyone's different. So like you can never compare yourself, you know, hey, that's why like when I tweet stuff out, I don't ever put like, hey, like, you know, I probably would get more followers if I did it. For some reason, people love this, like sh- like uh, stunting and, and flexing on people. But, you know, like, hey, I, I just bought this new car because of crypto. Like, I don't I don't I don't I never did. I'm not going to say it's the wrong approach for people. I just like to be low key. But, you know, people will, will flex like, uh, you know, I made a million dollars doing this and or whatever. It's like. I, I don't like to do that uh, because I, I just not the way I was born and raised, but um, I, I don't like, cause I think what it does is that makes people compare their self with someone else. And I don't think you should ever do that. You should compare yourself with the person in the mirror and, and have a goal, you know, Hey, you want to buy five Adam or you want 500 Adam or 5,000 to me, it's all the same. Like it's just all the same, you know? And I think that's how you should approach it. 
I, and I do, I do get a little irked when people complain about airdrops, like the, the, the lack of it or the, the quantity of it. I'm just like, dude, like it's so ungrateful. Like, you're getting free money, really. It's like you're complaining about you have, like you were saying, you have some tasks to do. It's like, okay, well, after you do this task, you're getting whatever, how, how much money? Maybe it's a few hundred dollars. Like I would love to have that type of job the rest of my life where I could just do a few tasks online and every single day I can make a few hundred dollars. Like I would be amazing, you know? And uh, instead of like busting my ass all day to make some money, it's like, it'd be nice to just get paid to do a, a few little easy tasks, like answering some questions or going on this, this, um, this application and inter- interacting with it. So, you know, that's my little rant on that. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was part one of the two-part Cosmos Potluck Open Mic hosted by Cosmos Haas. Recorded on Sunday, August 14th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Another night throwing javelins. ever crept.